guess it's that time again. It's time for some bollocks. Get your bollocks in your ears. Get my bollocks in your ears right now. It's talking bollocks for what year is it? What month is it? We're in the year 2018 and it is for the month of June. Just sneaking in towards the end of the month. As always, here I am, reliable as ever. Yep, that's right. It's UK thrash metal's lovable cunt, Howard H. Smith. I am your host. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Bollocast. Nay, the Bollocast. I have a name for my podcast. It's a Bollocast, kindly christened by somebody. I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was... Uh, uh, no, it's gone. Can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, um, welcome. Um, f- straight up, I- I'm going to start doing this because other podcasts do it. And, um, I- you know, I d- regular listeners will know this podcast is not like most podcasts. But um, apparently, I'm supposed to get you all to, to encourage you all to subscribe via your, uh, whether it's shite tunes, whether it's um, uh, Google, rape your data, play, um, at any podcast app. If you subscribe, you get all this straight away as soon as it arrives but you found it and you're listening to it now and to be honest I'm cool with listening you know wherever you uh you're listening or however you listen I'm I'm cool with that it's on YouTube it's you know it's on all all your podcast apps it's on allaboutherock.co.uk who host the podcast many thanks to them and um I haven't thanked them for a while god what a twat I really am nay a cunt let's get that in there early um so yeah, you know, so I, I subscribe if you want. If you don't, then fair enough. If you happen to be passing by on um, on iTunes, give us a review, you know. Make it really good or make it really shit. Anything in between, yeah, meh. You know, three out of five, not bothered. Give, give it five out of five or one out of five. Slag me off or love me. Um, that's, that's, that should be the title of my spoken word show. Slag me off or love me. Hey, what do you reckon, guys? What do you reckon? No. Okay, never mind. I'll move on. Right, so, um, as always, what has been going on in the world of metal in the last month that I can talk shit about? Well, not always talk shit. Sometimes I I, uh, I, I praise people and, and stuff. You know, I'm not a complete twat all of the time, just most of the time on here. Um, so... There's nowhere else to start, is there? You'll notice the change in tone of my voice. Normally, we like to keep it um, high on energy and uh, and high on laughs. Um, uh, well, you know, just light-hearted. But you'll be able to tell that yes, there can only be one place to start, um, and that has to be with the death of Vinnie Paul. Um, there's no doubting that Pantera changed the the landscape of music. Um, they they made really fucking heavy tunes and occasionally fast tunes. They brought them back. You know, it it was them and Machine Head that that kept thrash metal alive. Which is, of course, uh, you know, my baby. As I also sing in. <laughs> In Acid Rain, the UK thrash metal band, and I've been a stand-up comedian for 20 years as well. I do apologise. I've started talking about Vinnie Paul, trying to do a um, a eulogy, and I realised that I hadn't mentioned those things in the in the intro. So sorry if this is your first time listening. Uh, I'm not I'm not that massive a cunt all the time. Um, so uh, anyway. Um, sorry, I also just got a WhatsApp message from Pete, um, who's our bass player. So um, do you know what? I'm going to have to reply to that. Bear with me. Okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, there's no doubting that um, they, you know, they became so successful. You know, selling out, selling out um, 
uh, arenas with a, a, a hard brand of metal that that had how, that wasn't wasn't around at the time, you know. Like I said, you know, I think I think Machine Head sort of clung to Pantera's te- uh, tailcoat a little bit, but Pantera made it so big that it it kind of made it all right again for 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 people to like that, you know, that stuff that was that heavy, that aggressive, and in places that fast. Um, I also think that um, Far Beyond Driven, uh, well, uh, Vulgar Display of Power, Far Beyond Driven, and um, Fear Factory's uh, Demanufacture, the way those albums were produced would set the tone for the way that like really heavy production was was going to go over the next um, well over the next twenty years lead, leading up to today really, um, and um, and obviously you know he was in he, he him and Dime were in Damage Plan he survived the attack went on to form Hell Yeah not not a, not a big fan of Hell Yeah although if you go back in the archives um, I did ha- I did one of the first talking bollocks was with um, Chad Gray formerly of Mudvayne and and singer of Hell Yeah and we we got on like a house on fire really nice guy. Even talks a little bit about Mudvayne, although I was told not to by his PR people. Again, a tangent. Get used to it if you haven't heard before. Otherwise, you know. Um, and um, uh, yeah, and went on to do Hell Yeah, and Hell Yeah have um, uh, recorded five albums. Um, the sixth is already his drum tracks are already down, so I, I guess that's going to come out. Um, I did crack a rather tasteless joke about uh, about Vinnie Paul dying, saying so you know silver lining, no more hell yeah. But um, obviously that was a bit a bit tasteless of me, um, but I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Um, but there might there might be another album, although how the hell you know that you you put that out and then tour it and get somebody to play um, somebody to play Vinnie's drum parts? Yeah, good luck with that. Um, so it's just it is incredibly sad news. Fifty four is no age. I mean, I'm forty eight, and the thought, and you know, I've got you know quite a fair few of my friends are are in their early to mid fifties, and to to think of them, uh, you know, uh, well, I was going to say dropping dead, but apparently he died in his sleep. That's all the information we have at the moment, uh, which is a, a great way to go if you think about it. Um, yeah, that is just no age. It really is. Um, although it has to be said, he lived life to the full. I mean, what he crammed in into fifty fifty four years. Some of us will never experience. Well, in fact, most of us will never. In fact, yeah, that's pretty much fucking, ev- you know, well, all of you listening to this and me will never experience. <laughs> that's a rather glib statement because I don't know who listens, but you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really am. Uh, I, I was just totally surprised, absolutely surprised. Um and um, it, it's just, it's a loss. It's another, it's another loss. It's a, it's a, we're really getting punished in the metal community at the moment um, with the loss of great artists. Um, and, and Vinnie Paul is just another one in that long line recently that we've lost, which is just, it's so sad, really, isn't it? It's so sad. So rest in peace, Vinnie Paul. Um, a lot of people have said, um, you know, he's going to be having a great jam with... Um, uh, with dime in heaven, I prefer to think that they'll be having a great jam in hell. Uh, um, you know, for all the right reasons, because that's where all the best musicians are. Let's face it. Who the fuck wants to go? Up, you know, who the fuck wants to go up and play with have a, a jam with fucking Frank Sinatra for fuck's sake? Anyway, look, I digress. Rest in peace, Vinny. The metal community and the metal world is poorer without you. Um, so. Um, moving on, another strange way uh, to start the podcast, right up front, I have an apology to make. I do. I have an apology to make. 
I kind of I I didn't fall for clickbait, but I didn't I didn't read the whole I didn't read the whole story. I didn't do my due diligence on the Gene. Um, <laughs> yes, that's right. On the praise for Gene Simmons, admitting he was completely wrong about cannabis. I mean, I should have smelt a rat, shouldn't I? I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty much a fucking idiot for not, not realising this. Of course, turns out Gene, with such a forthright admission of complete ignorance, um, I should have known that there was something behind it. And it's Gene Simmons. What was going to be behind it? It was going to be money, wasn't it? It was always going to be money. That's right. Gene has is become an ambassador for a company that produce um, cannabis products in the States. There you go. There it is. So for everybody who listened last week, uh, sorry, last week, last month, and had their jaws on the floor about me uh, praising uh, Gene Simmons, yet forget I ever said a thing, he is still the money-hungry, litigious fucking whore he always was. My apologies. I am a complete dick for not doing my research on that. And thank you um, to a number of you who pointed that out for me um, and took great pleasure in doing so. And you were completely right to hands up. Big old dickhead sat right here. Sorry about that. I would say it won't happen again. But, you know, you know me, it probably will. But I'm, I'm just sorry about that. Um, moving on, sort of on the same on the same lines. Actually, I've been dealing with I've been dealing with a fair amount of um, not not just just people getting really really arsy on social media about stuff across all the platforms I manage. And I mean, because I've got the podcast, I've got the band, I've got my comedy side. I administer nine social media accounts. Fucking what? How many, Howard? Nine? Are you a knob? Are you a fucking idiot? Do you have time to do anything else? Well, you know, no to all of those questions. Um, so, uh, and I'm just sick and tired of dealing with people who say things like, I'm sure most people, or a lot of people, or um, the majority of people. If you ever start a sentence with, I'm sure most people, or a lot of people, or the majority, that... I, after what comes out of your mouth next, I know, is just your opinion, and I just—it's those people who try and give their opinion more weight by deciding that they are in the majority. That it is the deciding that, despite the fact they have no empirical evidence, they have no statistics. They may have asked a few friends, and that's it. And they're your friends, so therefore, it's you know you haven't asked people you don't know. Um, but they've therefore decided that 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 is the majority. That is, and the only reason they're doing that is to give their own opinion more weight, and it really winds me up. And I shouldn't get wound up by it, but it really does. You know, it's just if you ever find yourself in that position, don't try and make your opinion give more weight to your opinion by just throwing on the front of the sent- sentence that you're pretty sure this is how everybody thinks. This is this is pretty much. What you know, this is it. That's what people think. And I am the representative. I have asked everybody in the world about this subject. And we've all agreed that we are in the majority. And I have been nominated as the head of the group to speak for them. And it's just utter bullshit. It really is. I had this on, I had this on the Acid Rain page the other day. And it was just like, dude, uh, can, you know, 
can you just tell me who you're speaking for? Because you've claimed you're speaking for a lot of people. So if you could just, if you could just name some of those people who, and, and obviously signed off on you representing them, that that'd be great. And you know, then we can take this seriously. But until then, shut the fuck up. And we move on. Uh, positive news: Voivod, The Wake. That's right, Voivod have got a new album called The Wake. That's coming out in September, um, uh, uh, the follow-up to Target Earth, which I know some people were massive fans of. I just couldn't get get into it, which I'm saddened about because I'm a huge Voivod fan. Um, but, uh, but obviously, I'm always going to be up for some new Voivod, so that's coming in September, and I know a lot of you um, are going to be, you know, going to be out there as well. Um, I'm going to be excited by it. So what else has been happening in the world of metal? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Some of you may know and some of you may not know the band As I Lay Dying. They came to an end a few years ago when their singer, Tim Lambesis, was found guilty of trying to hire a hitman to kill his wife. Yes, it's not. I'm not making this up. This is not a a, a movie. Okay, this is real life. The hitman that he tried to hire worked for the FBI, and he got sent down. And um, uh, the remaining members of As I Lay Dying formed a band. Oh, by the way, I have to add, Christian metal band, okay? Big time Christian, Christian metal band. Then um, the the remaining members of the band formed a band called Woven War, not a fan. I'm not a fan of As I Lay Dying either, um, which is rather an apt lame if you think about it, um, for their, you know, steroid-abusing, Bible-bashing, trying to get his wife killed singer. Um, but, um, and let's not forget, leave um, leave his children orphans. Yeah, no wife. No wife. Kill the mother of his two children. That's not sure that's allowed in the Bible, but anyway... Um, Let's blame it on the steroids. I'm sure he has. So anyway, you know, Woven War formed, different singer, couple albums out, hasn't really lit the world up. Um, Lambesis is is out of jail. They talked a lot about, you know, the situation. They had no idea that, you know, that, that he was going to do anything like this. Or he, and obviously, as you wouldn't, you know, you're just in a band with somebody. You can't read their fucking mind. You're not in their lives all the time. So, um, yeah, anyway, this um, all of a sudden, about a week, 10 days ago, um, a new As I Lay Dying song appeared. No press release, no um, no warning. It just got posted up on their Facebook page, on YouTube, and that's it. And no one has spoken from the band. They've not addressed any issues. They've not said... Uh, apparently, there's, there, there's, there's not an album coming out or anything like that. Um, I'm not going to name the song or anything like that because I refuse to give it any publicity, although I'm too fucking late because I've spent the last five minutes talking about this story. You dick, Howard! Um, but just just dropped, just dropped out of their collective arses like a fat fucking stinking musical turd is a song with absolutely no explanation behind it. The fact that they are putting this out, given what has happened... You have to somehow communicate the fact that, oh, yeah, Woven War's no more, or is it? We don't know. And now we've, I mean, A, what a fucking sellout. Uh, B, what's the Bible saying about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine that killing, killing your wife, the mother of your two children, it's probably not. Oh, that's right, thou shalt not kill. Yes, thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's wife. Thy, thou shalt not try and hire a hitman to kill your own wife, for fuck's sake. But then again, believe in forgiveness. 
uh, and you know he's done his time he's done his time for the crime but jesus christ to just drop that fucking tune out of nowhere with absolutely no explanation and no i you know what's happening with woven wall what's going on? it's just unbelievable not that i to be honest not that i give a fucking single shit zero fucks are given here but I do give fucks about the fact that this has just been, you know, dropped onto the fucking heavy metal community by, uh, by, I, I don't know, a bandage who know better, a guy who should know. I mean, I just, I cannot get my head around it. It absolutely fucking stinks. But there you go. That is the world we live in. Just dropped out there. No fucking, uh, yeah, I just jaw on the fucking floor. Um, what else is going on? Oh yeah, apparently uh, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some more Hollywood vampires. That's right. That's uh, Alice Cooper, Joe Perry, and Johnny Depp. And it's the one where you know, Johnny Depp's on guitar, and they're in interviews going, "Oh, you know, people are gonna be really surprised when they." Do you know what? Couldn't give a shit. Could not give a shit what Johnny Depp is like on the guitar, or what your fucking stinking pile of rock and roll bullshit band is gonna do next. Absolutely horrendous. I mean. Alice Cooper and Joe Perry, great. Getting Johnny Depp in there. I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, I got caught out, didn't I, last month by slagging people off for not staying in their lane and just doing what they're doing and then realising that I, I'm i a, a professional quiz master, a podcaster, a stand-up comedian. I do spoken word. I sing in acid rain. Uh, oh, maybe I should stay in my own lane. Maybe I should get out of my own fucking way for once. And you know what? That's exactly what this motherfucker here is going to do. I'm going to get out of my own way. I'm going to get out of your fucking ears and I am going to introduce the first fucking chat. That's right. This is a really, uh, well, I'm going to say it's really cool. Uh, You might not think so, but I am saying it. I'm putting it out there right now. This was an enjoyable chat that um, I had with Marco from uh, The Crown. I put I had a, a, a couple of songs on the podcast last month and, um, few, and a few people have been in touch to say they really liked it. I'm loving The Crown, Cobra Speed, Venom. Got to be album title of the year. Almost certainly going to be in my... I, in, my in fact, I'm going I'm to... I'm saying now it's going to be in my top five. Um, it's going to be in my top five uh, uh, albums of the year, without a doubt. Um, and we got to have a chat. Turns out we have uh, we have a mutual friend, which you'll hear right at the beginning. Didn't realise, um, but this was a really enjoyable chat that was so easy to get hold of, really cool to deal with. And um, hey, guys, played them last played them last month. Hopefully, a few of you got the album because now you're going to hear all about the history, cancelled gigs, tours, you name it, and recording of the new album, Cobra Speed Venom. This is Marco and I having a chat uh, a couple of weeks ago. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you very much. Um, it's been a, a, a quite a, a quite an easy day. Well, I say easy, I've been doing all sorts of bits and pieces, you know how it is. But um, yeah. I've, I, I've been looking forward to this all day, no pressure. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now look, I've I've just been doing a little bit of, a, a bit of research, which is very unlike me. Um, but um, I I see that you had um, you have an an, an ex vocalist. Uh, you had an uh, an ex vocalist, Jonas. Yeah. Is that the Jonas from God Macabre? Yes, he is. <laughs> um, also, uh, <laughs> also, Jonas, uh, who is in at the gates nowadays. So yeah. Yeah, I know. He's a, he, the weird thing is, he's a friend of mine. 
Yeah, that's it. It's a small metal world, you know. I know it's so small. I I did um uh with my band Acid Rain, we did a um we did a, a festival in um in Portugal at the beginning of the year, and and they were on, and 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 Jonas couldn't wait to tell me that he was um. He was at um, one of the shows we played. I think it was the Gothenburg show that we played with Dark Angel and Nuclear Assault back in, well, back in the day, 1989. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, yeah, it is a really small metal world. It's uh, a lot of inbreed going on, so it's very... <laughs> members share bands like ever before, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it, 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 it's a, it is a, you're right, it is a small metal world. I, I, I remember I had a conversation with, um, uh, with Mike from Holy Terror a few months ago, and, the, and we couldn't believe the amount of people that we knew. And it's like, he, <laughs> he was telling this story about, like, oh, yeah, and our singer hit our tour manager with a baseball bat, and I was like, yep, that was our tour manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. It does. It's a small, intimate world, you know. It is, but it's uh, what I love about it is it's you know it's a community, um, and uh, now more than ever, you know it, we yeah. have to we have to support each other. I mean, you know, I mean, I I, I remember being, uh, being around back in the day, and it was it, it whilst it wasn't competitive, it, it kind of yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. But but now I find most bands, everybody is just got like, look, you know, hey, if you. It, no matter what it is, you wish everybody the best because hopefully yeah. something you know something cool will happen to you. So hopefully you get a song on a soundtrack. Hopefully you get a song on a on a big computer game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it also has to do with a lot of us has sort of grown up, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. uh, in, instead of having that childish attitude, that uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of com- compet- competitive thoughts, you know. So, but, but yeah, I think there's a room and place for everybody in this scene, and uh, yeah, I wish them all the best. It's uh, uh, it's just how simple it is, and uh, it's amazing because yeah, as you know, if there's a band, you know, whatever, obituary doing a tour with Slayer, I mean, that always helps the scene, you know, and uh, it creates more possibilities for bands, um, you know, doing uh, uh, stuff on a on a higher level. So yeah. It's, uh, it is a it is a teamwork, and uh, it's uh, just amazing to see if you track back the years, like like in Sweden, there's like a decimal band winning a Grammy and stuff like that. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, people can argue about that for how, how long, you know, is it is it true enough or whatever? But for me, it's just uh, for me, it's just positive. You know, it's uh, yeah. just create. Uh, more opportunities. Well, if, as far as I'm concerned, these days, and you're you're right about the age thing. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, first time round, yeah, it was all about me and my opinions. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, and it was essential that the word that the world heard all about me. Um, where yeah. you know, whereas now it's just like, oh, let's just have a good show. You know, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, and especially these days, I think if you've got, you know, if you're if you're playing if you're playing a guitar th- um, with distortion on it through amps on stage, then you, 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 we're all part of the same community. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I totally agree. And especially when, yeah, you you know, you get a bit older. I mean, when when you were younger, you, I mean, I know for my part, I had so strict restrictions of what was sort of okay and not you know yeah and uh yeah you basically just accepted the extremist death metal or thrash metal or stuff like that but nowadays i can enjoy 
such a wide range of you know metal and rock you know so um so uh, i think you sort of calm down a bit you you, yeah. you sort of lo- uh, lower your defense a bit when you get older because you realize that yeah it's 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 my opinion but it's not the most important opinion in the world you know so um there's no re- no reason to sort of shove it down people's throats you know so um no, I've, yeah, I've, I've, Absolutely. I think, um, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's the, well, it's the old, you know, uh, you know, wisdom is wasted on the young, you know, it's ultimately, yeah, you have to go through the journey to realise, you know what, yeah, this is, I think it's perspective, isn't it? Age gives you perspective because you go through life, you have experiences. And I, I think, I think it's really, really healthy for the band not to be the most important thing in your life. It is, and if, if you look at our history, I mean, we did break up uh, at the point, and we had a break of yeah. like six, seven years, and now we retrospect, that was probably the best thing that we could ever do, because suddenly you, because we started playing when we were really young, uh, you know, early teens, we were 14 years old, we started playing together. Yeah. And from there on, I mean, you do the demos, and you get signed, and all of a sudden you it's like 2003 and we are releasing our you know sixth album and playing Wacken. I mean that that's basically the only thing that we ever cared about until we called it um, off you know yeah so when we had those years without the band and we sort of focused on the grown up stuff you know getting kids and families and shit shit in order you know so uh, and when you get that hunger again to play you are in it for the, 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 the sort of real cause, you know? Yes. So uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we all know that there, there's, no, there's no extra money flowing in this scene, you know? So it, it's not the financial stuff that uh, keeps us motivated. It, it is the sort of rediscovering the passion of what we actually enjoy, and that is playing together. I mean, we're childhood friends and, you know, creating stuff together and still nowadays, still uh, do stuff that we haven't done before. I mean, it's all, it was only like, what was it, three years ago we first went to Japan for the first time. So it's really amazing. And uh, we do still have a lot of those um, new goals in mind that we would like to achieve. Yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, to come back and everybody are on the same page, you know, with the families and work stuff, you know. So it, it, it's, now it's really easy to be in the band, in my opinion. Yeah. It was more difficult back in the days because we couldn't afford to say no thank you to any offers and we did a lot of shitty tours and all kinds of things. Uh, but nowadays we can sort of step back and, okay, should we do this? Okay, this is three weeks. Uh, you know, trying to figure out the sort of home logistics so, so that it works, you know, in reality as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. But, but for me, I, I'm really thankful that we had that those years off. It, yeah. it, it gave us a lot of good, important perspective. Well, I, I had very much a similar experience. You know, I'd put four albums out by I was 21 with the band and then, and then we, we, yeah. sp- we split, but we had, uh, but we had 25 years off. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you had a good perspective now. <laughs> yeah. Well, very... well, well, the thing is that I, I spent 20 years doing stand up comedy um, All right. uh, in between. And the weird thing is, 
what happened with you with the band is more reminiscent of my comedy experience, which was I I I did it for eight years. And like you, yeah. I was just taking, I was just doing gigs, doing gigs, doing it. And you do stuff for the sake of it. And then yeah. I, I just fell out, totally fell out of love with it. Um, yeah. And I took a five-year break and then came back. And then, funnily enough, bringing the band back a couple of years ago, um, yeah. the experience we had, well, the, that I had was that um, everybody said yes. And then one by one, all the other original members left um, because they, they just couldn't, they, they couldn't commit to yeah. you know the, the 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 amount of time and everything else that was required because it had been yeah. so long yeah exactly you need to really agree on what you expect from the others to commit you need to be very clear on that because otherwise yeah. it will crash and burn uh, and that's where i yeah. believe we are in sync we know it's not like one of us wants to be a rock star and four of us wants to be home you know so yeah. we do have that balance that we do want to travel around and do good shows and release albums and, you know, work with the best label or whatever. I mean, that, that, those are still very relevant for us. And, uh, but yeah. it's just how we can actually manage to do it. Because there is a point, because we do get a lot of offers and we are, you know, thank God in that position that we can say that, no, thank you, it's not convenient now. We can't go to the U.S. for six weeks. But we are today in that position that yeah. it's not a problem for us to say no thank you. Yeah. Because as I said, it's not the finance stuff. I mean, it's more about, you know, making it work. Yeah. Because we are very aware of that. If, if we would start to accept all kinds of offers, then it, we would get pretty much consumed by the band thing and uh, yeah pretty soon we would be all divorced you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, absolutely it, it, so there's something to sort of learn and uh, you know it's not about that teen attitude you know kill or be killed the, you can take a step back and sort of actually try to get your brain in there as well and you know figure out a plan that works so absolutely and the thing is as well i think i think you know, when when you're younger, it's like six weeks in the states. We've got to fucking do it. We've got to fucking do it. Yeah. We've got to do. It. Whereas now, it's kind of like, well, another tour will come along at, 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 that's not quite as long or at a better time. And you know, it, it, it's it's it, you. But when you're young, you think that this that if you don't take this opportunity, that you, you'll you'll never do that ever again. You know, exactly. Or, uh, you know, if you... I'm really happy that we did those crazy stuff as well. I mean, we yeah. went from a six-week tour in the U.S. and met a lot of amazing people. But nowadays, yeah, it's not that easy, you know. So, uh, but yeah. we have we have uh, told our booking agency that what what we are interested in is doing this. I believe they call them the sort of power weekends that we go travel and we play yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we go home. Yes. And then we and then we plan another part of the world to do the same. So those yeah. things sort of work for us. Yeah. And uh, of course, festivals and, you know, quick in and out stuff, that's always doable. Um, but of course, <laughs> we would get like a really good offer you know do you want to open for slayer for 10 weeks or something that would be <laughs> i actually dread those questions because that would be... <laughs> yeah yeah so, that's that's when you find out how strong your marriage is yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean uh, it's um, I, I know what you mean by those power weekends though as well because uh, ultimately I mean I think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays now unless you're at kind of Slipknot, Deftones level that kind of stuff 
Um, yeah. You're just you're gonna well not only you're gonna struggle to pull a crowd, you're gonna struggle to find a promoter who will even put you on. Yeah, I think that we we were very strict when we talked with the uh, the label and the booking agent. We said that this is the way we can make it work. So don't give us any crazy you know offers because it, 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 we will say no thank you if you offer us you know a six week bus mini bus tour somewhere in Germany. You know it's, it's yeah. uh, I mean we've done it. It's it's not like I'm I'm saying I'm not saying that I'm better than that. It's just that it's it's really it's really difficult to do because um, yeah you know the whole sort of balance scale of family work and all that it, it will get jeopardized yeah yeah absolutely and uh it's and like you say as well it's, it's not that the band is not all consuming these days and you know your 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 inverted commas life is more important than the band so it's kind of like you know it, it's it's about the band making, you know, just making room in your life for it to still be enjoyable. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like you and your stand-up is your sort of hobby and passion. And if, if it gets too big, it, it stops being a hobby. Yes. It becomes something more. And that, that's always the, the sort of balance you want to find because, I mean, I've... Um, if if we would split up today, it's not like I will stop writing music. It's like what what should I do with those songs? You know. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's not a like a tap you can turn off. So uh, um, yeah, I really feel that we're we're in a very lucky position that we can actually do this and make it work. Well, I tell you what, if you do, if if that does happen, what you need to do is you need to give your old mate Howard in uh, in the UK a call, and and he'll do some and he'll do some vocals for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of which having said all of this about you know keeping keeping sort of boundaries with the band and everything else um yeah. you've released an, you've released an album three years after the after the last one you're in danger of becoming prolific <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a it, yeah. that's quite quick for you guys well we used to be faster <laughs> back yeah. in the day yeah, uh, we usually release maybe every other year, but uh, yeah, we decided that we can't fucking wait forever on uh, these releases. We need to have some discipline in the band, you know, have yeah. some fixed rehearsal days, and you know, get work done because otherwise, uh, I mean, all of a sudden six months have passed again, you know. So it's it's really, and there's also a lot of reasons why we decided that. Because, because I produced our two previous albums and you know when you do it by yourself you sort of you have this in the back of your head that yeah time is not an issue we can do this for a year you know uh, so but you need to have a deadline yeah otherwise absolutely so that's why we you know that was one of the reasons we uh, booked Studio Fredman we said okay we are going to come in there two extended weekends and we're going to hammer down the drums guitars we're going to be there around the clock and you know just make it work you know and that's yeah. what we did so, no, I'm, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of de- deadlines. I think, I think, I think you do your best work under pressure. Uh, I agree. I agree because, and also this, I mean, deadlines are really good because otherwise, especially today, I mean, you know, when you can sit basically home and record an album, you know, and uh, but you end up in a situation if you don't have a deadline that you will try to improve, improve, change, change, and you don't, in the end, know when when the album is done, you know? You just yeah. overanalyze everything and you redo stuff. So that's really dangerous things. I've heard about from other bands that 
you know, they start an album, but they never finish it because, <laughs> you know, there are so endless possibilities what you can do nowadays. Yeah. So, uh, so you need to have a sort of plan and a deadline and sort of where you feel, okay, we recorded the guitars, they are done. And if there are some minor things there, then fuck it, doesn't matter. It, that's not the essential thing that everything needs to be played like a machine, you know? Yeah. So uh, it just needs to be captured, uh, the, the sort of band energy. And that's what we really tried with this album. We went, as I said, we went in two extended weekends. I think Henrik hammered the drums in two days, you know, basically first or second take. And that was really important because we... Otherwise, you end up in that situation. You start, you know, moving around, fucking drum hits, and, you know, it becomes yeah. a machine product. And uh, for me, that is not interesting at all because it's pretty easy to quantify stuff. You know, you know, when you record, it's not difficult to make the drums sound like a machine. Yeah. But, uh, but for me, that is not interesting at all, and that is nothing. I understand why a lot of bands do it, especially if you're a bit younger, and if you're like in a studio for the first time and because usually, eh, you know, when you're in the studio first time, you sort of realize that, OK, we're not as tight as we thought, you know. So that, that's usually the first wake up call. And if there is a producer sitting there, yeah, I can edit the drums so it will sound like fucking Slipknot or something. And so what do you think that young drummer will say that? So, of course, he will agree to get it, everything edited. So that's a very evil spiral that starts you know well it's it's so, funny it's funny you should say that because we're going into the studio in july we've put a week aside yeah. for, a week aside for the drums and and we're using ex slipknot producer uh, colin richardson oh really <laughs> yeah. so beware of that question in the end when, oh, when yeah. you say oh do you want to get better drum tracks <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're no, we're, we're well aware. We're well aware. But um, well, the album sounds great, and and I, I have to say, there is definitely an old school feel about the production, without yeah. a doubt. There is that kind of um, old school grunginess. Um, yeah, which uh, which, which I, I, I like. Really like that. Yeah, no, I do, and it, well, it, it's it completely suits what you do as well. Yeah. Um, uh. and, yeah, it does, because that was something, as I said, we agreed when we went into the studio, but let's not overanalyze, let's, let's keep it a little punkish nerve to everything, you know, and, uh, ah. not, you know. I'm glad, well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I was, I was going to say, um, I, I can definitely, I, I was, I was going to say to you, you know, am I, am I hearing things or not? But there's, for me, there's, there's a definite, there's a definite punk edge in some of those songs on the new album. There's a definite, yeah, you know, I mean, something um, like something like We Avenge, that that to me is, is you know, that's got nothing to do with death metal. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I really like to, I think I've done it on almost all of our albums, that I, I try to write something that isn't a typical sort of death metal formula, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, We Avenge is... I mean, if you listen to the beat and stuff like that, it's it's almost like a almost like a Ramstein, you know, <laughs> yeah. monotonous backbeat going all the time and very simple chorus and very simple riffs and so um, um, it's really cool to sort of sometimes surprise with that kind of stuff and uh, but, um, it, but it's and with the punkish punkish stuff. I totally agree and I think you can go back to what we discussed earlier that when you you know grow a bit older you can 
sort of uh, embraced the, the more wider range of metal and rock. And I know Magnus, he's a huge fan of like uh, anti-Semics and, you know, these very cross-punk bands, you know. Uh, right. Uh, you know, super early Napalm Death stuff, you know, a lot of the... Uh, so he's a huge fan of that. And that's really cool to bring in into yeah. our sort of typical sound. And, and uh, well, but, now well, when we have a really sort of fast drummer because the, so it's really cool to play this sort of d beats and stuff like that it's it, it creates uh, it creates a different energy than doing blast beats all the time you know yeah absolutely so, uh, well it's, it's kind of it's kind of more of a groove isn't it exactly because i mean blast beat isn't anything fresh nowadays i mean i mean when you hear it sometimes when i hear a, like a super fast american death metal band I, I don't find it intense, you know, because it, it, bec- it becomes almost silly because it's so fucking fast and everything is perfectly played and the kick drums yeah. go 300 BPMs. Yeah. I mean, it's so... But if you play like a fucking old school Nepal Death Terrorizer D-beat, I mean, for me, it's more, it's more groovy. It's more, even more intense. Yeah. So, um, I know what you mean about the modern death metal pro- production as well because when because blast beats when they're when they're quantified and gridded to an inch of their life it just sounds like a drum yeah. machine. Yeah, oh yeah. So that's something I wonder like what the hell is he even doing in the studio? Why not program it from the start and save them some time, you know? So because they, yeah. they will grid it and you know make them perfect anyway. Yeah, but, but I also think that I know I have a like a uh, uh, yeah my white sister's kid is a lot older than me, and he really appreciates those new modern extreme death metal productions. But for so, I think it's also a sort of maybe a generation issue what you are sort of used to oh, yeah. listening to. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but for me, it's oh, I can listen to a song or two, but then I it, yeah I lose interest because uh, there's no dynamics and it's uh, ah, yeah. super you know. That's the key. That's a key word there. Dynamics, yeah. you know, light and shade, um, and and yeah, and feel, and all those other things that that can get lost if you concentrate on making everything too perfect. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know. It's, it's <clears throat> I've discussed it many times uh, when I've done interviews, and for it, because I worked in a recording studio environment, I, I had an own studio for a lot of years and produced a lot of bands as well so it's really interesting to see really how how bands sort of come to a conclusion what is what is better for yeah. uh, for them you know is it to actually dare to be able to show your limitations in playing or is it always necessary to sort of step it up in the studio to a level where you actually when you when you are supposed to play it live you know deep inside that you can never play it as good so for me, that would be terrible. So uh, it's better yeah. to lower the bar a bit, you know, in the studio so we can actually perform it and duplicate it live as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't get me started on bands that use Pro Tools live. Yeah, that's a long discussion. Hey, do you know what? I've got a funny feeling it's not going to be a long discussion. It would just be a case of us both agreeing that that's fucking absolutely disgusting and should not happen. <laughs> yeah, it happens for a lot of reasons, and those reasons are aren't just. It's not right. They, they, no. they happen yeah. for a lot of wrong reasons. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but mainly business but, reasons, 
and yeah, and sometimes absolutely. and sometimes an inability to actually play the songs. Yeah, I think it's more about that in a way because, and also there's, there's a lot of sort of uh, dark paths in that whole Pro Tools era because, as you know, when you're in the studio, when you listen back to a song. You just don't listen nowadays. You fucking look at the screen and yeah. you're trying to see where, you know, so it becomes very dangerous. You sort of start to edit with your eyes instead of ears. Yeah, yeah. listening with your eyes is a terrible idea. Yeah, it is. It's a very dark path. <laughs> it's, um, but, so it's better to turn off the monitor sometimes and just listen, you know, and accept your actual abilities. So uh, yeah, for absolutely. me, it just brings out a more honest thing. I mean, I mean it's like when, when we hear the, the old Napalm or old Terrorizer albums. I mean, they're not perfect. Yeah. But how come they're fucking thousand times better than nowadays albums? So it's, um, yeah, I think, I think uh, when you start to not only listen critically, but you try to feel it, that, that's when you add a sort of extra dimension to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, it comes back to that, that key word dynamics as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I've, I've got a, I've got a confession to make. I actually, um, I, I, you know, I've discovered you on, um, on Cobra Speed Venom. I, I didn't know your, your previous stuff. Um, yeah. and, and I actually discovered you through the Blabbermouth review. Um, All right. and I just read it and, and, and I was just fascinated by the fact that it, the, the review was saying, look, you know, there's, 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 there's great death metal here, but there's also lots of other stuff. Um, yeah. And said that we avenge were, were like reminded the reviewer of prong, um, and I'm and I'm a I'm a big prong fan. And with the rest of the with the rest of the review, I just thought I'm I'm going to check this out, and um, oh. and absolutely. So I'm I'm going to be going down the rabbit hole um, on on you guys, but I, I, right. I but I've I've got to fully soak in Cobra Speed Venom first because I've I you know I it, it, it I I'm still discovering things about it. And my favorite oh. tracks keep still kind of varying. All right. Um, do you have access to the bonus tracks? Um, yes, I do. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool because they were intended to be on the main album from start. So it's not like any bonus crack we threw in there to add songs. They're they fucking were actually great. On the original album, but the, the playing time just were too long and the label wanted to, you know, add and song to digipack and stuff like that so we we gave them actual good songs <laughs> so oh look i i mean uh, the um i think it's uh nemesis diamond is this fucking intense that's a great track yeah it's intense it's it has that sort of old school feel to it in a way uh yeah it's cool it's really cool no, I was, I, I, yeah, I was, I, like I said, luckily, um, I was able to get access to the bonus tracks, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just, abs- really, really, if you put it this way, I, it's a bold statement, but I reckon that almost certainly um, it'll be in my top five albums of this year. Um, oh. I, I really do feel like you know I, I've, I've discovered a gem here, and. Um, <laughs> It's it's kind of like you've been around all these years as well. Um, I, ca- I kind of I kind of feel bad. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh shit. You know, you know, this... Well, it's well, it's I'm I'm just really happy to hear that we even today can you know sort of get new fans. That's yes. amazing because I would really hate to be in that category. That yeah, they used to be good 15 years ago, and 
it's only that people buy their album for nostalgic reasons. So it's really cool to hear that uh, there are still sort of new new people that uh, yeah. Well, I, more, I more meat to the grinder, you know. Well, I absolutely. I don't. I don't mind being shoved in that grinder. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I. I well, to give you some idea, I usually play one song on my podcast, and that's it. And I played two tracks from uh, from Cobra Speed Venom um, on the podcast that came out on the first. Uh, oh, sorry, on, at the end of May. And um, and I've had lots of messages from people saying, "Wow, really, really digging uh, the Crown. Gonna check, gonna check everything out." Um, uh, so so hopefully that makes up for a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, uh, no, I mean it's it's one of those things where um, I was excited to to play them on my podcast. You know, I was just excited to um, to for everybody else to hear because because uh, I felt like I you know I'm and, and again I think that's something that is maybe it's kind of unique to the metal community, which is we you know if you discover something you want to you, you know you want to tell all your metal friends about yeah. this new discovery. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that mentality, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, uh, it's like when we discover something, you want to be the new sort of Jesus to spread the gospel <laughs> and get new followers. You know, that's yeah. uh, that's the amazing thing. And nowadays, you can fucking spam people on <laughs> you yeah. know internet, and people think that you're an idiot, but you just want to sort of better their musical taste by you know giving new yeah. music yeah so. well, but exactly but i think you know in our community it's always been the case i mean we can go all the way back to tape trading um yeah exactly. you know and that was and that was a i mean that was literally you know who can who can find the most obscure band you know yeah, exactly. and, and start trading yeah, i mean i was i was all about that i it's, it's really amazing yeah. i think that sort of spread the word mentality still continues of course but it's yes. just in such a different format it's just well but, it's just uh, it's just easier now i mean I, re- I remember back in the day i traded our very first demo well our first proper demo with um moshkinstein i traded that with with jeff waters for a copy of his alice in hell demo where he plays all the yeah. instruments yeah it's it's fucking amazing i'm I can also remember, you know, there's of course a lot of good bands from UK that came, you know, that ended up on Earache and Peaceville and all those labels. So, uh, yeah, a friend of mine, he was basically the one who got me into the whole death metal. He had the first Paradise Lost, you know, demo tape, and I'm a huge Paradise Lost fan. And uh, you know, from there on, you know, all those Earache bands that came along and. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's uh, good times, really good times. Well, let's seven, seven, let's play seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, except with heavy metal. Believe it or not, we're yeah. co- <laughs> right. not, not only are we connected through Jonas. Um, try, yeah. try, try, try this on for size. We did a gig. Yeah. We did a gig in Bradford in I think 1989. Second on the bill was Reanimator, and third on the bill opening, doing their first ever gig was Paradise Lost. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were, and, and I mean, I, you know, Nick knows this because I tell this story. Um, uh, they were, they played for about half an hour. They were shocking and played one song twice. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah. But, but, but hey, you know, from, from humble beginnings, you know, from... Exactly. Li- they, yeah, they it's went- really fun to see their, uh, I mean, when they released the first album, 
they so quickly released that the VHS tape, you know, that live thing. Yes. And uh, today when you see it, you see a bunch of young kids, you know, playing a lot of passion. Maybe not the abilities are up there, but it's, for me, it's, that's fucking beautiful. It's really great. Yeah, it's uh, I, I it's kind of uh, it's kind of spooky. Um, do you, do you, I mean, have you ever been tempted, or do you ever get uh, you ever come across stuff and there's footage of you playing when you were like like a young kid? Uh, yeah, I've seen some stuff. And it's <laughs> just scary. <laughs> but, but it's, there's a, there's this little glitch there because if we would have been. Uh, yeah, a bit more younger, I'm sure everything would have been on YouTube, you know? Right. So, uh, but uh, but there are still some very bad copied VHS tapes. And we did release a DVD uh, a lot of years ago. We tried to include, you know, the first time we played in a you know youth community here in Sweden, you know, without yeah. amps, you know, for 20 people, you know, stuff like that. So, But, it, but it's interesting. Today, I... I remember when I was a bit younger, for, for me it was terrible to see those old shows, but today now I can look at it with sort of different eyes and see the sort of innocence in it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. There's a, there's a ton of stuff from, um, yeah. from, from, our, from our early career, um, including, a, including, I think, a TV interview I did when I was 19. And I, just, oh. and, and I know, and I'm just kind of like, oh my God. God, how how young am I? I mean, my voice is barely broken. It's just, yeah, it's just fucking embarrassing, man. It really is. But you know, it's out there. So, you know, such is life. There's, there's, you know, there's a lot of worse things. Yeah. But um, maybe the good thing that everything is not on YouTube, you know. So uh, maybe, yeah, yes. maybe it's good. Yeah, and also, <clears throat> but but funnily enough, there's a there's a there's a there's a lot of comments underneath going, oh, you know, I remember seeing this TV program and getting into your band because I saw this. And, and it's actually, it, for one for one video on YouTube, it's really weird. I actually prefer reading the comments than watching the video because normally it's just like, don't read the comments. Um, but uh, no, it, it, it is actually quite cool. Um, oh, you're breaking up. Oh, sorry about that. Um, so You're breaking up a bit. I'm sorry. Oh, right. Okay, no problem. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, that was good. That's good. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, and also, the other thing that um, I have to say that that the crown does differently for me and, and works for me because I have to be honest and hand on heart, I'm not particularly a, a fan of death metal. Um, yeah. But you, but you have a, but you have a vocalist who actually can carry a tune and has some melody in his voice. Um, and I yeah. think it just ma- it makes so much difference because death metal vocals for me can really just turn into well you're just making you, you know it's just like vomiting down the mic, um, and and I I do think that makes a difference with you guys. Yeah, um, thank you, and I agree. That, that's sort of something we discussed very very early when we started playing that. What we uh, enjoying a sort of death metal vocalist it's, it's the ability to articulate and you know yes. uh, you don't necessarily need to read the lyrics you can actually hear stuff you know and I think you one is just getting better with that all the time and for me my favorite death metal things like David Vincent uh, uh, Morbid Angel I mean uh, even Nick Holmes uh, was pretty good at uh, articulating I mean it's not that silly cookie monster yeah. you know super deep you know you sort of see in your 
head how they have their hands around the microphone. You know, yeah. that sounds so sick. Yeah. So, uh, and um, for me, it's really important that he can actually articulate and, you know, as you said, can make sense, you know. So, uh, and that's something we try to work a lot with. If there's like a song like We Avenge, very simple, um, the riffs, you, you need to have something rhythmic over that. So yes. that's what we try to do with the vocals. And uh, I think Yuan is one of the, one of the better uh, doing that type of sort of, yeah. Yeah, no, well, well articulated death metal, you know. Well, it's not it's not often one vocalist compliments another, but I am I I am doing that. I mean, he's, you know, he's um he enunciates really well um and you're right, you know, you don't you don't uh, need to I mean, I like to read the lyrics anyway, but you don't need to yeah. actually read the lyrics, but also um you're not afraid you're not afraid of writing a chorus either, which is and and by that I mean something that I can actually tell is a chorus as opposed to yeah. well well this must be the chorus because it keeps coming back but there's nothing <laughs> that you know but the, other than that you know that's the only thing that tells me it's a chorus your choruses are yeah. you know are, are are constructed like a chorus should be well thank you very much it's really interesting to hear a sort of a new opinion from someone that hasn't heard the full back catalogue but because uh, that is something we really sort of struggle with. We want to have those choruses. We want to have that normal song structure. And uh, that's something we started for seriously, maybe on our third album, you know, starting to sort of realize that it's not about having 50 riffs in a song. You, you need to have choruses and you, know, you need to sort of, yeah, do something extra creative maybe for the last chorus. You know, those, those, that, that typical thing how you build a song. And um, that's something you learn a lot, actually, by listening to a lot of, you know, punk bands. Uh, I mean, uh, because there is, there is structure in that sort of uh, madness in there. I mean, they're uh, good songwriters. I mean, like, it's like, you know, like older, it's, well, it's not punk, but, you know, this sort of goth punk bands, especially from UK, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, it is really cleverly written songs, and um, that's something we really try to achieve as well. Well, well, you have, as far as <laughs> as, far, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. it, it, no, it's it's an it's an absolute breath of fresh air. It really is. And and I was I was on your website as well, and um, I noticed you had to you had to cancel a show in London. Was um, yeah. Well, that was um, that, that, that was a shame. Was there? A, I, I hope it wasn't anything terrible. Uh, no, that that weekend was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it was pretty bad because we haven't played in UK for so long time, and we managed to get this uh, show in Dublin and London, uh, and in our third show. And the day before we were about to leave, uh, Magnus' daughter was hospitalised. Oh no! Um, they thought that she would have, I believe it's called blood poisoning or something like that. Right. Yeah. So it, it was pretty serious. So, so the first shock was okay. We need to do this without Magnus. So okay, let's do it. Uh, and let's not cancel anything. And then we do the Dublin show, and um, then we heard that the promoter in London wants to cancel the show ah. because, so um, you know fearing uh, low ticket sales and stuff like that so so that that was that, that's a really 
annoying feeling you get like you try to <laughs> yeah. make gigs work and then it turns the other way around but ah you're not welcome here by the way you know so it, it's uh, that was really bizarre uh, but the shows we did uh, were good I mean they were good yeah uh, but it was a shame that we couldn't do London because we, we've done it before and we have, we have made it work so I mean if there would have been 10 dedicated people there we would have given hell of a show well, I and yeah, I, I well, I hope you make it back over here. Where were you? Um, where were you due to play? Uh, underground. Oh Under, right, underground. yeah, yeah. Oh, the the underworld. Underworld. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. Well, yeah. Now I've played it um, uh, many times. Yeah. Now, oh, that's a real shame because that venue is absolutely built for what you guys do. It's built yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. We played there. Two or three times before, so uh, we were sort of looking forward to it. But yeah, it just the, the gods were not on our side. Oh, that's uh, that is that that is a real shame because, um, well, like you say, you know, you, you've played there before. It's that's not the kind of call that you're expecting. Yeah, it was a it was a bit weird. It, it was really weird the whole weekend. But um, yeah. It's uh, it's not the last time because uh, for me I'm not gonna let it sort of cast a shadow over our previous sort of UK experience. So uh, yeah, yeah, we will return. So did you have to? Do, so did you have to basically fly back to Sweden from Dublin? Uh, let me see. All the flights were done. I think we did like six connected flights that weekend. That was a mess. So we had all the flights <laughs> to London. So uh, we basically flew to London and ended up in a hotel and opened up a beer. <laughs> that was uh, like how it was. Oh, right. So, okay. So you're in town. I mean, we had but... a lot of discussions because we said, okay, we're going to be there anyway, so we can fucking play, you know. Yeah, so it was. It became really silly. And um, so the promoter preferred to cancel it. Uh, that is a real shame. That is a real yeah. shame. But well, I, I I mean, um, have you got um, have you got uh, many dates uh, lined up? Uh, yeah, it's uh, not in UK, but yeah, we have some dates. Um, uh, first, we have here in our hometown, and then we go to Finland in July for a it's like an in and out one show in Helsinki, and then we go to Croatia for the first time ever. That's oh wow! Show. And uh, then we are working on some more stuff for the uh, for the fall and then in September we're going to Japan again brilliant so in in December we have a plan that we will try to um, make uh, hopefully a full week of shows in Europe because right. uh, it, it, <laughs> it became so silly because we, we it struck us that this, this album was the first album we broke into the official German sales you know the charts oh wow well done and and, and we don't even have a show booked in germany <laughs> <laughs> right okay so, yeah. so like we need to do something creative here so uh yeah hopefully get it done in december so uh, yeah the, the the biggest the biggest territory for physical sales in the world um and yeah. and, and you've broken into the charts yeah it might be an idea to do a show there yeah because we were so surprised because we were ended up on what was it? Was position thirty-four? I mean, that wow! That was like, I was, yeah, that was a, such a shock. So it never happened before. So uh, that was really cool. 
That's amazing. That is absolutely yeah. amazing. I think that I think the Germans are single handedly keeping um, physical sales alive in Europe. Um, yeah, it's... they're a big part of it, and that's uh, that's amazing because, as you know, that is what basically keeps this wheel in, in motion. You know. And, well, that uh, well that and t-shirt sales. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But to sell t-shirts, you need to be on the road, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're all we're all just t- we're all glorified t-shirt sales, buddy. We're all just exactly. glorified t-shirt sales. Uh, a funny discussion with other band. He said, "We should stop playing music. Let's just travel and sell merchandise. That's what money is." <laughs> well, fun- well, the funny thing is that that's what we are doing. The, the whole point of yeah. putting a new album out just means that you can you can bring your new collection with you. And you and you'll be and you'll be playing yeah. some music while people peruse your new your new collection of merchandise. Um, yeah, that's true. It just gives us an excuse to get back out on the road and you know sell some more shirts. <laughs> are, are you are you involved? Are you involved on that side of the uh, of, of the business at all? Do you do you get involved with um, merch designs and things like that? Yeah, we are uh, uh, still sort of lucky in that sense that we, we, we managed to approve everything that is released in our name. So there's not a, there's not like a label that does 15 funky designs that we never approved. I mean, yeah. everything has gone by us and we approve them and uh, try to sort of maintain a bit of control over it. So, uh, yeah. And how, and how's the label been? Yeah. You st- it's, um, this is metal blade, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, sort of back to metal blade. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and um, how did that happen? Uh, when we broke up uh, or split up, and when we sort of did the comeback, um, we intentionally wanted to do not sort of go back to where we were before. So we we said that let's try a new label, let's try everything different, you know, just to keep the sort of energy fresh. So we signed to Central Media when we did the comeback and uh, we released two albums with them and the contract expired and we basically learned that yeah Metal Blade is a better home for us so uh, we went to Studio Fredman and recorded a quick demo of three songs and uh, the only label we sent it to was Metal Blade so we sent it to them like yeah, what do you think of the new songs because I knew that we were in a bit of weird situation because our previous album turned out maybe not as good as we would have wanted for a lot of reasons and then we had the album before we had a different singer so they didn't really know what to expect from us so we really felt that we wanted to do the old school thing and you know send the demo and sort of actually make them hear the songs so they can decide if, if they want to you know resign us yeah. so they wanted to resign us right away so uh, that's from there on we just went into the good cooperation again because I really like a lot of the people that work for Metal Blade and uh, there's still a lot of people still working there that used to work with us you know during our best albums we released so uh, I think they're a really good label oh, that's, really, that's really cool man that's really cool definitely um, going to send them again send them our album when it's finished and uh, you never know fingers crossed we might end up being lab- label mates yeah yeah who knows <laughs> Um, as regards the um, as regards lyrically, um, who, write, who writes the lyrics in the band? In the past, Magnus used to write most of it, and sometimes I write 
lyrics for my songs if I have a good idea. But basically, ever since Johan came back into the band, we have pushed it. That I mean, he's the singer, and he should also, you know, uh, share, you know, write lyrics and you know stuff yeah. like that. Because otherwise. I usually tend to think a bit differently like than he does. I mean, you're a singer. If I write you a lyric, I mean, it doesn't completely make sense to how you are yeah. typically articulating and breathing and stuff like that. So we really wanted to, to Johan to, to do a lot of that stuff uh, as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. nowadays we have basically four guys in the band uh, writing lyrics. Uh, it depends on the, what is sort of needed. Yeah. And sometimes if there's a, I, like We Avenge, uh, I heard the, the sort of lyrical patterns right away when I wrote it. So that's why I decided to write the lyric to it. And, um, but sometimes if you're struggling with something, it's better to have a fresh pair of ears, you know, listening to the verse and chorus and try to figure out something together. So um, for me, it's really important that we act as a band, that we act as a team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, we've never been in the situation that you are not allowed to tell me what to write or play. You know, we are always, you know, giving uh, options and suggestions to each other. Like, yeah, let's try this and let's try this. So really, you know, try to avoid that ego sphere. So um, and for me, when it becomes a team effort, that's also when I believe we do the best stuff. Yes. Yeah. Now, well, it, if you can, well, yeah, about a band ideally should be a one functioning organism. Exactly. And it's not easy. I mean, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> don't, don't we know? It's not easy at all. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're not kids anymore. We, yeah. we know our strengths and limitations. We know what to expect from each other. And, Usually, I mean, it, for us, it has turned out very sort of logically how everything works. Uh, Magnus is a pretty word wizard guy, you know. He usually comes up with titles and, you know, you know uh, phrases and uh, album titles and stuff like that. And he also has a strong vision about the, the, the graphics. So Magnus usually contributes a lot with the uh, graphics and um, titles uh, to albums. And then we right. kind of take it from there. Well, that's well. That, that that does bring me on. I I swore I wasn't going to mention this because it'd be the kind of boring question that everybody else will ask, and I try not to do that. Um, Cobra Speed Venom. <laughs> um, yeah. That now there's an album title. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one else is releasing an album called that this year. Um, yeah. So wh- where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> Yeah, it's actually an old idea. It's really old idea. Magnus came up with it. Um, I believe it was straight after we did the Hell Is Here album. He said, I got this cool new title. And he said, Cobra Speed Venom. And the first time I heard it was, what? What did he say? He's like, yeah, Cobra Speed Venom. So <laughs> my, my, my first sort of image in my head was, what, Cobra? Cobra Kai from Karate Kid? Or what the hell? You know, I mean, it became... But then the years went by, and uh, we were discussing title for this album. And I remember it. I told Magnus, do you remember that title? We had Cobra Speed Venom. Now, after sort of 10 years, it has sort of sunk in. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm starting to appreciate it and understand the sort of how, how in so many different ways you can inter- interpret it. So, uh, 
And uh, from there on, we started to build the graphical stuff and to, to sort of make it work in the end. Yeah. We agreed first on the title, and then we sort of tried to make sense of out of everything. <laughs> so um, there is a good sort of uh, red thread going through there, especially with the lyrics for that uh, title track as well. And it goes hand in hand with the, the graphic artwork, with this massive wave uh, coming there, because... Um, I wouldn't say that the lyrics to that song is political, but there is a sort of um, atmosphere there that there's something pretty big and bad sweeping across this planet right now, and um, a lot of you know, a lot of hate stuff being spread on the internet, and you know, yeah. a lot of false accusations becomes truth to people. And you can, you could, don't worry, they, don't worry. You can just, tr- you can just sum all of that up in one word: Trump. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. So that's this sort of that idea that grew up, uh, grew in uh, to the cobra seed venom being something venomous sweeping across in a fucking cobra speed. You you cannot basically defend yourself because it's it's too massive tsunami wave of hate going right. around now. So yeah. um, that was the sort of uh, the idea that we sort of tried to uh, tighten up. Oh well, go, well, good because my, my idea—I just thought it sounded like a good night in. You know, I've got, I've got, I've got my cobra, I've got my speed, I've got venom. Welcome to hell. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of cool stuff because one of our most popular albums, an album called Death Race King, that we released uh, years ago, and there was this guy. He sort of said, "Okay, now I have figured it out. You are doing a new Death Race King because." You know, death being the cobra, speed being the race, and you know. So he saw that sort of link, and we were like, "Oh, you must be much cleverer than we are." (laughs) Well, look, I've got, I've got. There's another question that I and I, I did swear I would, I'd ask this question to myself. Um, uh, Is are there any Slade fans in the band? If there is, I would say Robin because he's all about a lot of rock stuff and uh, right. old stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can imagine there are some vinyls in his collection with Slade, yeah. Right, okay. Do you hear it? Well, hear it? well, the, there was, the, the, the reason I ask is um, the, the song In the Name of Death has the refrain, come on, feel the noise. Ah, all right, now I get you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you listen, if you read that, that, that lyric, it basically tells a story of us growing up when we got uh, in contact with extreme metal. You right. Know, how you want everything to be more fucking bad all the time. You know, you just crave for that more extra metal all the time. <laughs> yeah, so all is, metal all so the is, time. Yeah, so uh, that's what it lyric. And there's a lot of other references there as well to like uh, Master of Puppets and you know the, the albums that m- meant, meant the world for us uh, when growing up and um, so yeah the, you are correct that is that was Johan's bizarre idea to steal the come on feel the noise that's that is that is awesome because when I was listening first time I listened to it I was like did I just fucking hear that did I, did I? I was just is like it Slade? is it Quiet Riot or is it Slade it's Slade 
Quiet, ri- quiet Riot covered Slade. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's the way it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, um, so, so, yeah. I, first time I heard it, I was like, "Is that really? Come on, feel the noise." I've got it. I was like dragging, <laughs> dragging the slider back, going like, "Come on, I'm going to play this again." Come on, it is. It, and I'm, anybody who comes around my place, I've been boring them to death. Anybody who comes around, I'm like, "Sit down, listen to this, listen to this." Yeah, check out some death metal with a Slade influence, and I was like, "What? What are you talking about? Listen to this." They're like, "Oh, you're right, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely." But do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quite pleased with myself now. Um, I, I thought there's no way, there's no way, this Swedish death metal band are referencing Slade. Surely not. Um, But maybe, but maybe you were referencing. Maybe he was referencing Quiet Riot. You never know. It could be, yeah. Because uh, my first idea was that, no, it's, it's not a Slade song, but you are correct. Of course, Slade did the original one, but I guess yeah. for us, maybe the quite right version was the more popular one. But yeah, yeah. Well, then There's being... a lot of old rock stuff in our uh, vinyl collection, I can guarantee you that. So. Well, well, them being a UK band, we probably hear their version a lot more than Quiet Riot's version. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Of course. Yeah. You know, so Slade at Christmas time, you know, it's playing everywhere and um, you'll always hear, you'll always hear like, uh, a, a, you know, a couple of old standards, but um, that usually gets wheeled out probably one, <laughs> once a year, something like that. Um, but, right. that but that's really cool. Well, look, um, look, Marco, we're coming up, we're coming up to an hour. What I'd like to do is just... Um, uh, it's just to finish this part of the interview. I have some subscribers who've uh, um, who've submitted questions. Um, All right. So um, if we can finish the, the the main interview, and then this will be for um, for the subscribers. But for just for the moment, don't go anywhere. But just for the moment, thank you very much. It's been awesome. Yeah. Enjoy your evening. Thank you very much. A lot of fun. Lot yeah. Of fun. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it, mate. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And there you have mine and Marco's chat. Oh, that sounded a bit Jimmy Savile for those of you who... um, I have my market. Anyway, uh, less less said about that, the better. It was an accident. I'm sorry. Um, So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I hope you found it informative. Um, I certainly did. It was really surprising when I found out that that Jonas was... um, was in them for a couple of years, and I uh, I did message him, and he was like, "Oh, say hello." I was like, "It's too late to say hello." The, the interviews, but anyway, uh, hopefully, I'll get Jonas on from uh, at the gates at some point as well, because um, uh, I actually, I well, I, I think, yeah, I said in the interview how I met him and how I know him, and um, and he's he's really 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 cool. Um, uh, so anyway, yeah, but rather than going off on a tangent about an interview in the future, which I haven't even got booked yet. That was really cool. It was really, um, really enjoyable. And there's also there's also extra stuff um, on uh, on there for Patreon subscribers, um, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. If you want to join us, it's five dollars a month. That's three pound eighty. It's a couple of coffees, probably not even that a month. Um, so anyway, I'm, I, you know, I've pushed that enough. If you want to sign up, it'd be great. Um, and it would. It really would be great. Believe you and me, because. Well, it just would. Um, anyway, yeah, that was uh, I, one thing I have to apologise. Actually, it's funny I mentioned a couple a couple of coffees there. I have to apologise for introducing that uh, introducing that video. That video, Jesus Christ, get my shit together. Um, uh, I interviewed that uh, interviewed introduced. What the fuck is wrong with you, you fucking twat? Hang on, right, okay. There we go. I have, um, I've had some water. I've washed my mouth out of the gibberish. Um, I introduced that interview 
with, by saying, here's the interview, enjoy. I hate that. I hate being told to enjoy by some fucking idiots. And coffee shops are the worst. You know, you get, you get a Costa, get, well, get whatever, you know, say, and they have, you know, it's like, oh, it's, you know, £5.80 for a fucking squirt of coffee or whatever it is. And they go like, and they hand it over to you, you go, enjoy. I said, well, I don't need instructions with my coffee. Yet it's bad enough that you're printing, this is hot on the cup. Never mind telling me to fucking enjoy it. That's why I've bought it. I haven't bought it to scold my legs with it. I haven't bought it to throw it down a sink. I haven't bought it to put it on the counter and walk away without it. I've bought it to enjoy. Of course I'm going to fucking enjoy it, you cunt. (laughs) It just does my fucking brain in it, really does. As you may have... I may have gathered by that. Um, but uh, anyway, um, uh, more, <laughs> I, more stuff to talk about now. Um, I am, um, I'm, I, this is, this is going to be um, something new. I've clicked the wrong thing on my computer. I'm now opening fucking Outlook. I didn't want to open Outlook. Fuck off Outlook. No, closing you, you bastard. Right. It's not Outlook's fault, is it? It's my fault. I opened it. Sorry, Outlook. It's my fault. I do apologise. Um, right. I have got... The new Van Canto, uh, the new Van Canto single queued up, but um, it's a lyric video. Now, look, I just got to Van Canto are the um, are the uh, all vocal apart from the drummers band. Um, they, their new album is called Trust in Rust. It met yeah, that's right. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and uh, the new album, Trust in Rust, covers a wide stylistic, stylistic range from melodic bombastic showcasing the band's takes on ballads, hard rock, ball breakers and speed metal anthems. Um, with all the will in the world, I have to point at this point, point before I play, the, before I play the, the lyric video, OK? This is, they are German. There is no sense of irony in what you're about to hear, OK? This is... And I apologise if you're in Germany listening to this, but come on, you know, if you're German, you know what I'm talking about. Um, there, there is. Um, uh, Van Canto says, if you release seven albums in twelve years, uh, Jesus, really, uh, <laughs> you aren't able to rust. Nevertheless, the new album um, is rougher and more metal. It's a composite work of all seven bandmates, full of new ideas without losing the good old Van Canto style. We are still excited about what we be, uh, what we're doing, and we believe in ourselves. Well, that's great, lads uh, and lasses. Um, I'm glad, or rather, lass. Sorry, there's one uh, uh, one lady, woman. I don't know. After hashtag Me Too, I don't even know what to call women anymore. Is it just fucking another person? Okay, a person who isn't a bloke is in the band as well. No, that's that's even worse. Jesus, Howard, can't go with that. Um, uh, uh, they have they have a right. They're all male, and there's one female. Is that okay? I don't know anymore. I don't know. Christ. Anyway, right. Here we go. This is the uh, this is the new single. I'm going to play it. Um, I'm going to cue it up here. Welcome to our show. Speaker's going to blow. Oral vertigo. Some t- some changed the chide changed the hide road. Still our mission's still the same. Back and burn for action. Wilder than before to kick your ass. 
catchy as fuck corners. Welcome to our game. Because our drummer's killing. Speaker's going to blow. What's oral vertigo? Reunited, keep on fighting. You've got to admit that as a chorus. It's just the lyrics, for God's sake. I just cannot take it seriously. You know, anyone who says they're out to kick your ass. It's it's back in the lead to entertain you. Strongly unique since our debut. Who wants to reap must sow and rock the show. Yeah. Back in the lead, we never stopping, we kick your asses down the road. A vocal rock attack. Right, okay, look that 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 that's that that's enough of that. I'm just I'm just saying Van Canto, I'm sorry, I'm not having any of it. I mean it is completely fucking irony free. They are purely just I, I mean bless you know, good luck to them. They're having a I nearly was very patronizing and said bless them, but you know look, good luck to them, they're having a good time. Seven albums in twelve years, eh? This cunt is about to start recording first album in uh, twenty nine years. So I guess when from a productivity point of view, you know, I I have n- I have no standpoint. I have I have a shit standpoint. Um, uh, I have well, you know, I'm I'm just fucking redundant, really. Am I compared to that? But I'm just saying that it's fucking hilarious. It's je- I find it funny. I'm sorry. I find it funny, and I I really struggle to get my head around it. I mean, I, I, their their cover version of Master of Puppets is one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. It really is. Of I mean, I. Uh, Apocalyptica cellos. I can. I'm having that. I love that. Really cool. Apocalyptica. I've seen him. Uh, seen him twice. I've seen him headline the show, and I've seen him support Ramstein um, on a, a couple of times actually. But um, I'm afraid Van Canto. Sorry, I'm. I'm just not having it. I, I really cannot. Cannot get on board with that. So um, anyway, yeah, it, it's. It, it is what it is, isn't it? Um, and uh, thanks to Pete Gray, who um, who sent me a um, uh, who sent me a link about the um, uh, about the Hair Nation tour. Yes, that's right, the Hair Nation tour. This is what we're going to get. Um, now, unfortunately, I thought the link I've just clicked was to the Hair Nation tour. It's actually about something completely different that I want to talk to you about. So I'm now right. Man, Google's. I'm not. I'm on DuckDuckGo. Remember DuckDuckGo because yeah, I was telling you this before we found out everybody was raping you of your uh, of your data. Basically, DuckDuckGo, which is DuckDuckGo.com, does not track any of your searches, does not hold any information on you. It is completely private searching. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, that is a, that's a cool thing. Um, and I'm bullshitting now, as most of you will be able to tell while I, uh, while I look up the Hair Nation tour. Right, OK, Hair Nation. Here we go. This is what, and thanks, Pete, for sending me the link, which I've completely lost. 
the Hair Nation toe show is Jack Russell's Great White. That's right, not even Great White. Okay, I, I, I wonder if I wonder if it's just a Jack Russell. Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? Just a bunch of musicians with a Jack Russell on a stool, you know, just doing all the songs. That'd be great, right? But it's it's Jack Russell's Great White. Okay, the Bullet Boys and enough is enough. I mean, talk about it. it talk, it's not. It's not that they like. It, it's they're not has beens. There never were beans. Great White, the Bullet Boys, enough's enough. Never ever really reached the heights. I, mean, I, I would imagine the three of those will just about be able to sell it, sell out a telephone box if telephone boxes even exist anymore. And to younger listeners. Go and duck, duck, go. What a what a telephone box is because I'm not fucking spending time educating you on what that is. Anyway, uh, Hair Nation tour. Um, you can get tickets now if you're a fucking tone deaf idiot. Feel free. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was um, uh, well, Tommy Lee's been at it again, hasn't he? I told you about the little spat he had with his son on um, on Instagram. He's a fucking dick, right? Uh, his latest one was being a father ain't easy. I'm so tired of the tired of the fake shit I keep seeing um, over Instagram. Let's be real, it's a roller coaster, okay? Tommy wrote, "My father," and and then, um, uh, "My father taught me to respect everyone and everything." Blah blah blah. You get the you get the picture. When I was when I had a child, my first child, I wanted to instill those same virtues into him, referring to his son Brandon. Sometimes I feel like I failed as a father because my kids show no value of things. If they break something, they don't get blah blah blah. Okay, um, and I've got to say I, I agree with his points towards the end there. You know, um, I, he feels like he's failed. If they break something, they don't get, they don't care because they know they'll uh, just they'll just be a new one. If they hurt, well, you know that is your fault, yeah. Um, and he's gone on and on and on about this. Um, and but his son, who seems really cool, has come back and said, uh, "Remember what happened last time you said shit, shit that night? You gotta show up to be a ba- to be a dad, big guy. If you think you if you think we're so bad, which I can assume you you are not, then you should have showed up a few more a few more birthdays and a few more baseball games." Ouch! Someone like you couldn't raise a man like me. Once again, painting our family in a negative light. Who the fuck are you? Just move on, dude. We all have. I'll put you right back to fucking sleep. <laughs> Brilliant. And it was, um, it, it was, he put that up with a screenshot of his dad. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, uh, don't conduct your, f- just... Don't conduct family business on fucking social media because then some cunt like me can spend at least five minutes taking the piss out of you. I mean, it's really not worth it. It really, really fucking isn't. Anyway, um, that's uh, that's enough jibber-jabber for me for now. It's time we get into another interview. Now, um, I must warn you, this interview is quite quiet. I don't know why. It was done over Facebook Messenger. I had to hold the speaker right up to the mic at times. So there, was, so there might be the odd click here and there. Um, uh, and but it's just quiet, so um, you might have to turn it up a bit. Don't do that yet, because I'm going to do. I'm going to have the, the the sting before the interview. But uh, yeah, it, it might be. It's okay in place, but for some reason it was very quiet. So you might need to give it a bit of vol. Um, and at the end of the interview, I will leave a gap for you to turn the volume down before I come back in. Because why? I don't want to blow your ears. That's why, and because. You know, I like you. So this is me and my great friend, long time buddy, 
bass player for Dark Angel. Some exclusive news coming up in this interview, so have a listen. There is some exclusive stuff coming up about what about what he's up to. Not necessarily where. Well, it gives an update on Dark Angel, but also what he's up to and an interesting collaboration. And it's an exclusive in this interview. You won't have read about this anywhere. So enjoy my chat with with uh, Mike Gonzalez, or as he will always be known to me, Gons of Dark Angel. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm fine. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Sorry it took a minute. I had to set my phone up to work through the messenger, turn on the microphone and stuff. Yeah, is, it, is this a completely new experience for you? Um, yeah, actually it is. I don't think I've ever used Facebook to talk to anybody. I've, I've had calls, but I've ignored them because I'm not so good at that, but, you know. <laughs> you've you've had calls, but you've ignored them because they weren't from me. What? Well, well, that's yeah. yeah <laughs> we can go with that. Well, yeah. But no, I, I get calls from people that I have no idea who they are. Oh yeah, that's somebody it. sees that I'm on Messenger on Facebook, so they call. They want to talk about Dark Angels. I don't know who you are. I know it's fucking weird, isn't it? Yes, very weird. I mean, it's it it's it's great at gigs and stuff, and it's nice to be tagged occasionally in 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 stuff. But it's I don't know, it's kind of weird when you get the feeling you've been sort of stalked somewhat. Yeah, when a complete stranger tries to contact you and talk to you about things, it's like, I, it's it's just not appropriate. I w- I would never think to do that. Yeah, yeah, it, it freaks me out when I well, not freaks me out, but when I get friends requests from people I don't know, but they're obviously like a fan of the band. I, it always weirds me out because I'm like, great, you like the band, that's wonderful. That that doesn't make us friends, though. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I haven't sent out a friend request myself in years, but I, I get them daily. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I usually once a week I'll go through all my friend requests and then I check the person out before I accept them. You you do your you do your due diligence. Yes, I do. I try to, anyway. Yeah, no, I do. Otherwise, you went, you know, uh, you know, I've got friends of mine who um, in bands, and they just go, "Oh, yeah, I just, I just like accept whatever." And it's like, yeah, and you want, you, you know, you wonder why you end up with like nutters <laughs> fucking posting all over your yeah. wall and shit like that. It's bizarre. Yeah, and I get, I get all these friend requests, and I accept about half of them usually, just on average, and then I end up on stuff that I don't want to see. Yeah. 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 Well, I I know I'm I'm kind of weird because if I, if I get tagged in a in a like a post by somebody who like likes the band or somebody who's a friend of mine tags me in a comment on the Acid Rain page or something like that, I just I always remove it straight away because I know what's going to happen. I can literally look at the clock and go right. I've got about the friends requests are going to start coming in from people oh, yeah. who who exactly. I have no clue who they are. Yeah, that's like especially with us too on the Dark Angel page. We make it a point not to tag any of the mem- members in the band because as soon as that happens, you just get a bunch of friend requests. Yeah, and, not and if- it's not that I don't want to have contact with these people. It's just I don't know you. What <laughs> I mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's the um, I guess it's the internet equivalent of just turning up at your door. <laughs> yeah, you know. Just, just kind of like, hey, I really like the band. Can you invite me in for coffee so we can talk about the band? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, kind of like the old MySpace days too. 
Ah, hey, MySpace. God, what a couple of old cunts we are. No kidding. Actually, MySpace, I, used, I thought was really cool. I, I got into it at the, just at the very end before it died off. and I thought it was really cool how you could do your own HTML-looking page for yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked I liked MySpace. I really did, but it just, the power of Facebook even then was just beginning to show its ugly head. Yes. And then, yeah, and then that was it. And then I, I was on, I've, apparently I've been on Facebook since 2007, but I never really started using it until 2010, maybe. Well, it's funny you should say that because I, I saw a post the other day. You know, you know, you get the posts from Facebook, you know, helpfully telling you, you know, that. And, um, yeah. you know, hey, last month's memories. And it's like, Jesus, you know, last month. You know, leave it out. Um, I got one. I got yeah. one. I got one on my wall from Facebook saying twenty-seven years ago today." And I was like, "Eh, really?" And it had, and it taken oh, what you... it taken it taken an event in my life and turned it into a Facebook timeline post. Wow! I know. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Did you? Had you written anything about that previously on Facebook, or even um, mentioned it? I just, just, just out. It was just um, out of like you know life events, like information that you you put up there. I can't remember what it was now, but I deleted the post straight away, and then I just I, I just file, um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, obviously for the band and stuff like that. But um, uh, personally, I'm cutting back on it these days because it's just yeah, yeah. I'll get up in the morning, you know, and I'll drink my coffee, and then I'll pop in sometimes during the day. But I don't post very often. I don't even usually comment on other people's posts. Um, I've no. I guess it kind of makes me look like a dick, but <laughs> I was. You know, I, 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 I don't. No, I was going to say I'm I've. Not that interested I've, in I've, I've noticed. Um, I've noticed that. About, um, yeah. But um, yeah, but yeah. It, well, I, I guess it's it's not. Um, it, it, you know, it doesn't make you look like a dick. It just makes you look like you don't use Facebook very much. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's kind of the truth. Like I said, I like to look at it when I'm bored and I have a minute, but I, I don't feel that I need to post like some people do numerous times a day. Yeah. Although, um, you know what's really weird? Go on. What's really weird is Facebook advertises to things that I'm talking about at home or whatever, and I'm not on Facebook, like... Yeah. Last week, we, I was talking with my girlfriend about we need to buy a new weed eater, you know, a line trimmer for the yard. I go and open Facebook, and what am I seeing? Advertisements for line trimmers. Yeah. Talking about changing the oil on my truck. What do I see? Advertisements for for oil on my timeline. It's just really weird. So, if you um, sure. um uh, WhatsApp, do you use WhatsApp at all? I do not. Right, okay, yeah, because that's something else that's owned by Facebook, and despite the fact that your messages are encrypted, they do lift information out of that. Instagram's now, I mean, literally anyone can advertise anything on Instagram. Um, but I know what you're you know, where the fuck has this come from? How, 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 have they, yeah. how do they know to advertise how me? How do they know what I'm talking about? It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah well, I'm not interested in. Yeah, Instagram, dumb shit with just pictures, as opposed to Facebook, where yeah. it's just people losing their minds over needless shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, e- either that, or it's just like you know, overt political and all sorts of stuff like that. And I just, uh, yeah, I avoid politics on there. 
Yeah, it's it, which is getting harder and harder to do. I mean, for you guys, it was, I guess, it was Trump. And for us over here, it was the whole Brexit thing that all of a sudden, once upon all of a sudden, everybody decided that it was absolutely fine to just talk about your politics all over social media, which was kind of really weird for me because I've always been a sort of politics is private kind of guy. Um, Yeah, me too. You know, and then all of a sudden, boom, everyone was just like just talking shit all the time. Yeah, and a lot of people, they take it way too far, you know, over, over politics. Like people losing friends and stuff over politics. Really? So what? You have a difference of opinion. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Hello. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, technology sucks. Yes, it does. But <laughs> look at this. We're having an international phone call, and it's not really costing us anything. So I know. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, well, when we when we were touring together, it was like you know, get shitloads of. <laughs> yes, at every chance you could get to, or buy a card. And that's just like, yeah. that's just crazy, the way things have changed. Yeah. Um, Hell, even pornography is free now. <laughs> in in, uh, in instead of having to go around the um in, in, instead of having to go around the around the world buying magazines yeah yeah but um anyway look a slight detour you were saying so you you didn't realize you were you were playing on an album that is effectively effectively christian metal well actually i didn't realize i was in a christian metal band until i'd been with them for about a year and I took a look, I kind of looked over the lyrics and saw one, investigated a little further and turned out, yeah, it's a Christian metal band, which is fine by me. I mean, I'm not anti-Christian. I'm not anti-religion at all. I'm, but personally, my, my feelings on it is I'm more of an agnostic, but I have no problem playing with people who are inspired by a higher power. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. Yeah. And I actually have a good time with these guys. And I love the way you say you actually have a good time with these guys. Like, like, like being in a band is like it's, it's not often you have a good time. It's it's very true. You don't always have a good time. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, especially the longer you're on the road, which I guess is which which is cool with with the way things are with Dark Angel as well. Is like <laughs> without putting too oh, yeah. fine a point of it, you, you're not actually in each other's company that long. No. No, for a weekend or maybe a few days, maybe five days, we'll get together and rehearse for a couple of days and go out and play a show. That's the only time I see those guys, really, at the moment. But it's cool that you get to see each other and hang out and and and, and kind of like, yeah, just kind of, you know, long enough to sort of reconnect and have a good time. And then it's, you know, yeah, until and, the next and time. The thing now is we're, we're all nice to each other. We all get along really well. You know, before it was always, everyone was always bagging on each other. I mean, not that it was a bad thing. It was just, you know, our camaraderie. We would, that's what guys do. Yeah. younger guys. They're always, they're brutal to each other. Now we're all just really nice. We get along great. Never have any problems. No arguments. Not that we really did before, but it's just, it's really fun now. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And, And now that we've actually come back, we're way bigger than we ever were. That's what's amazing to me. Yeah. It's take 20 years off, come back, and you're like 10 times the band you were before. It, it's it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because that, that whole legacy thing 
completely unaware of it. Yeah, it grows. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you're just going about your day for the next 20 years or whatever. And then, and then all of a sudden you get back together, you do, you know, you do a couple of gigs and think, Jesus, you know, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. We're actually living it now the way that I always thought it would be, (laughs) you know, being treated really well, getting these great shows and it's, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. It is, and um, and it, it's uh, no no more than you deserve. Um, I mean, it, you know, to be. Um, uh, you, I mean, they. I think I get. You've just been. You've been uh, a lot more influential than you realise, and it's. But and I think stuff like that happens after you split up. You know, because when yeah, you're in a band, like you're it. just surrounded by contemporaries. When you split up for twenty years, there's loads of bands who start citing you as influences. And, you know, unbeknownst to you, their fans have kind of wormholed on their favourite band's influences. And before you know it, you know, you've, you've, you've got this legacy that just snowballs. Yeah, and, like, when we play these shows that we're doing now, I see people of all ages in the audience, which I think is really cool. I mean, you see parents there wearing, say, a Dark Angel t-shirt, and their kids are right along with them. And it's before. Yeah. It was, uh, it was always all us. Guys around the same age doing the same thing, getting drunk and having a good time. But now it's it's turned into something that's good for everybody. I think I think it's really cool. Oh, w- without doubt, and that that whole um, uh, you know, uh, this is his first acid rain show. I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm staring at a seventeen year old who's about, um, and it, <laughs> it, it just freaks me out. It's just like wow, you know. Yeah. When you're introduced, when you're introduced to somebody's child who is isn't alive, the last time you released a record, it's you know it's quite amazing. It is. It's it's actually really cool. I think this whole genre of heavy music, I, and when I say heavy music, I'm including everybody from thrash to death metal and black metal, everything. It's we've actually, I think it's kind of put it in its own roots for for a legacy. Because, I mean, you have other sounds, say grunge, for example, glam. It, it didn't, there was no substance to it, and there was nothing for people to really latch on. But thrash metal and the extreme metal, it's just, it just keeps carrying over generation to generation. really cool about it. Yeah. I, I think we have an advantage o- over other genres of hard music. Um, just I, the fact that people are just so rabid and so really into this whole music scene. It's, it's quite an amazing thing. It is, and um, and I think you might have found the same thing. Is since since we've been back, um, the vast majority of people ask keep asking the same question, which is, "When's the new album? When's the new album?" Oh yeah, I get that on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, and I don't have a solid answer for that. <laughs> I can tell you, music. I think there's five songs that are pretty much ready to go right now. Um, lyrics are still being written by Gene. Uh, I can't give you any working songs. I haven't actually named any of them yet. Um, in the studio by the end of the year, as you know, we work around Gene's schedule. He's busy with Testament right now. Yeah. He's out on this massive tour with Slayer on the first leg of it, and then they have another leg to do. I think that starts in August. And I believe sometime after that, we plan on getting together and buckling down on this new album. Well, that'd be cool, man. 
Um, yeah. I, I, and I, I mean, I, I just think it's really cool that because um, it, it used to piss me off people saying, "Oh, when's the new album?" All the time, and then uh, somebody said to me, "Well, surely." It's a. It's good that people care, and b. It would be worse if people if no one asked. <laughs> and I kind of started thinking, like, yeah, they've got a point, actually. You know. Yeah, yeah. I decided for us to put out new music just as much as anybody else. In fact, I'm kind of chomping at the bit a little bit about doing it. But uh, like I said, we we don't really have a time schedule. We're not under a deadline to do this. We're going to do it when we're when we can get it all together. Um, I know Jimmy's been writing a lot. I have some demos that he sent me, and it sounds sounds like Dark Angel, definitely. Um, yeah. We, I'm hoping that we get this done before the end of the year. Um, I can't say exactly what we have going on for next year, but I know that we are going to be fairly busy. Excellent. Are you going um, to be coming out to Europe again? There's a good chance that we will be across. Well, if you happen to be touring the UK, I know of a thrash band that used to be around back in your day. <laughs> well, of course you did at the top of the list. Yeah, absolutely. And then your agent goes, who? Not a fucking chance. <laughs> yeah. No, in fact, aren't, aren't you guys working on something new also? Yeah, yeah, we go in, uh, we go in the studio um, end of July. We're, we're working with... Um, uh, Colin Richardson, um, and uh, we're going in uh, end of July, and we'll, we'll probably be in the studio uh, most of all, well, all of August, but September as well. It's um, so, uh, and then, it, but then it's kind of like Hunter label time. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's it's people keep saying, well, when's the album out? It's like, well, we've got to record it, then we've got to shop it, then we've got to agree a deal, then we've got to sit into a, re- a, a release schedule. And then the album will come out. So, yeah, I'm exactly where you're coming from. It's it's back to having. Um, it's kind of weird because we, you know, since we've been back, we've really self released a couple of songs, which has been really cool. And yeah. I've I've really in control of our own destiny and being completely independent. Um, and it's weird because we're going to do an album, and then all of a sudden it's you know fitting into a label schedule and you know running every bit of fucking social media past them no you can't say this no, you, you can't give any song titles away yet no you can't say what the album's called yet and you know it's yeah. I, I, I'm yeah I mean that's kind of where I'm at now I can't I can't divorce we're not ready to put that information out for one and you know it's just we have to it helps us to kind of keep a bit of a mystery going with what we're doing yeah we're kind of we're kind of taking a minimalist approach to it, and it seems to be working for us. So, uh, no, I'm, as I'm, far as social media and promotion is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I complete, I completely agree. I think if you know, if you haven't got anything to say, then you know, then don't say anything. Yeah, um, exactly, and you don't want to say the wrong thing or possibly mislead anybody. So you have to be really careful in what you do say. Yep, absolutely. And we've, I mean, we've been really active on the live scene since we came back in 2015. And people are posting on our, you know, on our Facebook saying, oh, when are you playing so-and-so? And when are you playing so-and-so? No shows booked this year. And the same mantra, you know, we've got no shows booked this year. Um, we're working on an album. I think we've, you know, you, you can turn into, oh, you know, when are they going to be back around again? And um, I think it does people good. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with it. 
when, when that came about for us, I was thinking, man, we need to start putting out all kinds of information. Let's keep the interest up. And, you know, and we decided to know, let's keep everything on the down low for now. And that, it seemed to really work. But I was thinking just the opposite. People want to know information. We need to give it to them. But if you don't have the straight information to give to them, that's no, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And, also, and it works. Yeah, and, and like you say, you know, it creates a bit of mystery-making announcement. People go fucking nuts and they share the shit out of that stuff. Uh, exactly. The same thing goes for the shows, especially like with us right now. We, we kind of pick and choose the ones that we want to play. I mean, we do get lots of offers and we're not taking them all. But when we do, it becomes an event, and our, the shows are big. They're bigger, you know? We're not burning people out on us yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like One show booked for the rest of this year, it's actually on the books, would be the California Death Fest in October. And, uh, no, it's it's going to be And that's just fucking awesome, it really is. Um, and, you're, and, of course, you got to play your first show in Glasgow for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, place, what was it called? The Garage? Yeah. Is that correct? That was the place that we had played before. That was, I want to say Mayfair? Did it used to be called the Mayfair? Uh, we played there 20-something years ago. Yes. Yeah, we played the Mayfair uh 1990, so it had been around the same time. Yeah. 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 yeah it's you know, I walked by it so many times while I was there, and then somebody said, yeah, that used to be the Mayfair. It's like, well, okay, I've been here. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, I man. had a really good time in Glasgow. Oh man, it was it was awesome to see you guys again. Um, although uh, although you, you you fucking shocked the shit out of me. I didn't realize uh, I, I'd heard from somebody that you and Gene had arrived, and all of us uh, and I was talking to somebody, and all of a sudden some some guy burst through a crowd and gave me a huge bear hug. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. ma- you yeah. maniac. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, that was a good time. That was a really good time. Uh, I wish I would have got there earlier. Oh, mate, honestly, um, it was just... Uh, I couldn't believe you and, Gene, you and Gene made it, man, because that was really, really cool, because I know I know what it's like when you've, you've got to haul your ass, like, you're rehearsing, you've got to haul your ass all the way back to the hotel, and then come all the way back into the city is just a pain. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it was really cool to see you guys. Um and uh, yeah. I, I remember, I remember being in your dressing room when everyone was saying, "Right, okay, we've got to make a move." And you, when, when you were, when you were forcing people to take crates of beer, <laughs> it was going to go to waste, and I hate to see that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, take it, take it. Leave, leave um, no beer behind. Oh yeah, because I was, I was, um, my the 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 guy I got uh, who was, um, he was a uh, the son of a friend of mine. Who was um, uh, I was staying at his place, and he was he was designated driver, um, and it was his first time on the get. It was his first time on a guest list. It was his first ever time backstage. Um, then I got him kind of like side stage while you were playing, and then we came back afterwards as well. And like on the way, and, and then left with two crates of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, dude, this the, the bar has been set really high. It is not always like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we had a pretty massive dressing room too. That was that was really cool. Oh, mate, it was it was awesome, wasn't it? It was like I, I don't know. You, you could I've done shows smaller than that. So have I. <laughs> so have I. Uh, you know what, about the beer thing? You what? Way back in the day when we were touring, I used to have it in our in our contract writer. Ten cases of beer. 
So that way, when they would only supply two, I was still happy. So a lot of times we'd end up with a lot of beer and stack it up in the restroom on the bus. Yeah. And that was kind of like my domain, not the restroom, but the beer. That was my thing. <laughs> what were you now, now I don't drink as much as I used to. I mean, I still drink socially, but I'm not, I'm not as heavy a drinker as I used to be. Well, none of us are. Yeah. What were you? What cool. were you wandering? What what <laughs> bottle were you wandering around with at the end of that night? Oh, uh, Crown. Yeah. Oh, Crown Royal. Oh man. Yeah, that's good stuff. I know. Every time, every time I saw you, you just did, you just did like <laughs> I couldn't even. Hey, Gons, you just points and you just give me the bucket. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think I drank most of that bottle with you and Derek. Yes, probably. Actually, I think so. Yeah, Derek's a cool yeah, guy. I've never fun. met him before. Uh, I, oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, funnily enough, we uh, friended each other on Facebook. <laughs> and yeah, um, because they they absolutely crush lives. They're such a great band. Oh man, they were. Uh, I mean, other than yourselves, obviously. Um, they were, yeah, band of the day. It was just. It was because it was just yeah. energy. You can't go wrong with energy. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 so good, and they've always been that way too. We toured with them way back in the day, and they were just amazing to watch every night. Love those guys. Yeah, they were really cool, man. Really cool. So, um, other than being a lot um, bigger than when you were in the day, let's go, let's go back to when you when you when it was all first kind of happening. How how did was it one person's idea? Who reached out to who? Was you know? Wh- you mean you mean for now for at the, this? Yeah. At this time. Yeah, coming back together, reforming. Well, we had always talked about it, and it would just never seemed to be the right time because everybody was busy with their. It's been twenty years. We all have our lives have moved on. We've gone in different directions, have careers and stuff, and. uh we, you know, like I said, we've been talking about it. We said maybe someday when the time's right. And then, oh God, I even hate to say his name. <laughs> Don Doty started started this rumor mill that the band was getting back together, and it wasn't entirely true. He had contacted me and said, "Hey, I've talked to everyone in the band." Do you want to be a part of this? I'm getting the band back together. We're going to go out and we're going to play shows and we're going to do it my way. This and that, you know, it's just everything was about him. But he misled me and told me that he had everyone on board. Things were going to be, you know, this is how it's going to work. So I said, well, if you've got everybody to agree to it, then yeah, of course I'll do it. Um, turns out that he didn't have anybody on board. He didn't have the okay from anyone. And he was just blowing a bunch of smoke. And at that same time, with the rest of the guys in the band, we were talking. It just so happened that we were talking. We we were talking about getting it back together on our own. And I think that's what actually what set Don up was he heard something that possibly that the band's gonna get back together. I want to be a part of it. So he jumped the gun on it and started telling, you know, t- telling everybody how the band's getting back together. So we decided, okay, let's do it now. We got back together. Yeah, we're doing we're doing fantastic with it. The funny thing is, the funny thing is that um, although it, I, I mean, I remember talking to you at the time and, and, and how much it pissed you off and all the rest. Don, I think, has actually inadvertently done you all a favour. 
has. You know, I, he, I know his heart was probably in the right place because he just, he wanted to, he wanted to be a part of it again. But he just went about it the wrong way and he just started, started doing interviews and stuff and saying things that simply weren't true. So we had to distance ourselves from him. Yeah. And I don't really have hard feelings towards him. I just, I just don't need him to be a part of this project. Yeah. He, he wouldn't fit. Well, I guess for the same reasons that, you know, he hadn't been a part of the band since recording Darkness Descends and, you know, really yeah. the, the, the band, you know, you know, moved on without when, him. When I first joined this band, he was only in the band. I, we only played together in the band, if that. I joined the band at the end of 86 and he was gone by the end of 87. Right. So I never really spent a lot of time with him. I don't really consider him a big part of it. Yeah, well, certainly not in with, your... You know, with, with this incarnation of the band, I should say. He yeah. has this place with Dark Sixty Sins, which is fantastic. It's a great place to be, but it's not us, you know? Yeah, he yeah. Is. But ultimately, you know, he kind of... Yeah, I mean, I, I remember at the time, because... <laughs> I remember getting a message from you because I was um, I was lo- I was logged into the forums as my uh, alter ego Keith Platt, um, giving uh, giving anybody who was pro Don a hard time, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I remember getting a message from you going, "Dude, there's like there's so much shit going on that I, I, I you know that I can't even tell you about, but yeah, this is um, this is not happening with Don, you know, it's happening with Ron." It's, yeah, he, 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 I don't, I just don't think he would fit with us. Well, well, also from just from a, um, I mean, by the way, I mean, fucking hell, Don's perform, uh, um, Don's Ron's performance, all of your performances were great um, at Glasgow. But Ron, I, I said to him afterwards, I was like, man, I'd a, I'd forgotten what a, a good frontman you are, um, because he knows how to talk to an audience, which sounds kind of crazy, but you know, we watched an all day festival. And there was just like hardly any frontman could really string a decent sentence together and relate to an, relate to the audience. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe he's singing, man. He's he's wow. He he performs a lot better when he's not absolutely wasted all the time. <laughs> yeah, Ron Ron's awesome right now. We're we're really happy with Ron. I don't think we would do this band if he wasn't part of it. Yeah. He was he was absolutely killing it though. He was doing all of the the high screaming and everything. And I was like talking to him afterwards, and uh, you know there was like not even not even a kind of a huskiness to his voice. Nothing. It was like he'd just gone on stage and like you know talked for an hour and a half. It was insane. Yeah, the thing is, the person that he is on stage is the same person he is off stage. When he talks to the audience, that's how he's going to talk to you face to face. It's just wrong. Yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Abs- and people people appreciate that as well. It's it's it, you know it, it, people are, you know it's just it's so relatable, and you can always tell when somebody is kind of like putting on an act, and there's 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 nothing really as um, as off putting as uh, as seeing somebody be who they're not. Yeah, yeah, with rehearsed raps between songs and things like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. I get that. And of course, a certain somebody nailed it, uh, at the bass intro as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always used to fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
So I, I, I used to dread that part of the set every night. It's like, oh, man, here comes Merciless Death. I'm, let's try not to choke it tonight. I, I would always find a way to... Well, but, you, uh, you, you fucking nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I was, st- I was, I was like, yeah, dude, that is awesome. Actually, I, I think I'm a much better player now than I was back then. I mean, why? I, of course, I'm, I'm still playing bass. So, but uh, yeah, and besides that, I'm not intoxicated when I'm up there playing anymore either. So, that's yeah. not until afterwards. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, I sent you a clip of my um, of my um, spoken word show. Um, mm-hmm. We, yeah, mm-hmm. we were. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, did that bring back a few memories for you? Oh yes, it did. In fact, you remember things that I had forgotten. Right. That's, I kind of blanked that out for a long time because that was really a nightmare. That whole situation. Oh God! Yeah, of course. Um, and I paid for that for a very long time. Were you, were, are you ever able to go back to Germany? Yes, I've been back to Germany. I went back with Dark Angel two or three times after that. Oh, wow. Angel, so that was part of my all the money that they wanted. I would be allowed entry to in and out of the country. I, you know, it's, they would give me work visas, apparently. And yeah. Work. But, yeah, that was a scary time. Well, it was you were in you were in some uh, ten days, ten days, but it must have felt like fucking ten, ten years. It felt like a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in uh, I was in Nuremberg. They transferred me from Erlang. I spent the first night in the city jail in Erlang, and and they transferred me the next morning to Nuremberg, which was an actual prison. I mean, I, I even even the next morning after getting arrested, I still thought it was a joke. Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong, but no. Yeah, well, I got to see it. the first day in there, I saw a judge on a Saturday night. What was it? What they call him? Director? I guess that would be what he's called. And uh, struck the deal. Hey, fifty thousand Deutschmarks, and you can get out of jail. And that was a lot of money. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, that's like, yeah, a shitload of money back then. Yeah, it was like $32,000. Yeah. And, um, well, as you know, I, I, I mean, from, from, from my perspective, we had the same attitude as you did after, you know, you'd been, you'd been gone for a day and, you know, we're all writing on the back of the bus, you know, bunk for hire, CG and all, Gene and all having a bit of a laugh, you know, and you always hear about, you know, members of bands spending time in jail, and it's like, hey, you know, Gons has earned his stripes, and then, like, a couple of days go by, and we're like joining the tour, and, and it's like, oh, we're not sure. And then, like I said, when when uh, when Gene came back from, uh, oh, you there? Oh, I think so. You there? I think I lost you. Um, I'm back. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh. You there? Yeah, I'm here. You... I, I lost you for a minute. Yeah, yeah, just a minute. Um, but yeah, I was just saying that, you know, we, you know, our attitude was really flippant when you were away as well. I think it was when Paul Lowesby and, um, uh, and Gene came back from, like, seeing you and basically they were all like, uh, guys, you know, this, uh, this really isn't funny. You know, um, yeah. 
So what was the alternative? Yeah. $50,000 or, sorry, 50,000 Deutsche Marks or you just like... Stay in jail for up to six months for another trial. And then still that would, no telling what the outcome of the trial would be. Yeah. Uh, it was really scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the whole time I was in there, I, there was nobody who spoke English. Everything was in German, which obviously I don't speak German. So you know, the, the things would come to you on the on the loudspeaker in the in the cell, and I'd hear all these German words, and I'd hear Gonzalez. It's like they said my name. What's going on? Next thing I know, someone would be coming to the cell door would open, and they'd come take me out for to go speak with somebody at the American consulate, or when Gene came, and it was a really scary experience. We were locked down for 23 hours a day. I got out for one hour, or maybe 45 minutes to walk around in an area with maybe 500 other people in an area about the size of a tennis court. And we'd get out there and we'd just walk in circles. That's what we would do for exercise, just walk around the outer perimeter of it and then go back to ourselves. Wow. So, yeah, and I couldn't read magazines. It was all in German. Couldn't watch TV. It's all in German without subtitles. And, uh, yeah, it was really an eye-opening experience. Yeah, not in a, not in a good way. Yeah, and presumably yeah, when you're when you're mixing with those five hundred people um, when you're exercising, you got no fucking idea what they're you know what they're doing there. Yeah, no. The day that I got released, I met an American that morning who had been in jail for two years. He had, I guess, he had gotten in a fight with his wife. Maybe he hit her. I, I don't really remember his story, but he said he had been in there two years without any contact from anybody. It was like, oh, my God, I don't need to hear this. This is the last thing I need to hear about. And it was finally, finally. Well. I I choose getting released over talking to somebody any day, you know, but. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really scary. Yeah. Released, I guess, uh, what was the promoter's name for the German leg of the tour? Oliver? Oh, shit, yeah. Oliver had left me some money for when I got released and a change of clothes. So when I got released, they took me in a cab to the train station, and then I had to figure out how to get from the train station into Frankfurt. And here I am. I'm going, you know, through the train station trying to read signs, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, carrying a garbage bag with uh, with my clothes in it. And but, uh, I made it. I made it back within within two hours of our flight leaving London to fly home. I barely made it. Shit. Yes. Well. Yeah. I know. I know. I, it's like, where fucking hell? I, you know, because you, it, it just was. It was nothing to do with you. You know, that was just. I know. So I, um, I, I swear on my life, I had absolutely nothing to do with it. I was completely innocent. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were one of the bystanders. Well, I think it was it. Was it you, Dodds, and and Eric that got pulled by the police? Yeah, it was me, God, Eric, and I think, uh, who was the other merch guy? Colin? No. Oh, Colin yeah, yeah, Connors. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Oh, Colin? no, no, um, Dano. Dano. Book him, Dano. Yeah, it was Dano. Yes. Dano and Dotto. Uh, yeah, the four of us got arrested. In a Burger King, of all places. I, yeah, I, I remember. I remember. Yeah. 
and because um, I didn't believe Dodds when he told me the following morning. I was just like, yeah, fuck off. No way. Well, see, I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that out of everyone that was arrested, I was the only person carrying a passport, so they had a positive ID on me. Right. Right. And then they had put me in a line, so that person picked me out and said I did it. Yeah. Which, in effect, you just looked like any number of people who could have done it, because we yeah. were all wearing leather jackets, yeah. denim, long hair. Leather Leather jackets with denim vests. Yeah. And you know what? I still have that denim vest and jacket. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I've I've got looking me and you um uh, uh drinking beers in Hamburg. Um oh, who what was the what was the German what was the German dude who was on the tour who moved to Brazil but come back again? Matthias. Matthias, that's it. Man. He was a he was a dude and a half. Oh yeah, um, really into drinking vodka and shit. And um, I, I mean, I owe him because he helped. He helped. He helped me get away from that the huge fight that we had <laughs> whilst you were in jail. Yeah, yeah, I heard about. That. I think that was um, who was the other guitar guy that was was guitar tech English guy. Oh, Jim. Um, Jim. Jim, fucking uh, Geordie bloke. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's just, he just, yeah, he was really difficult to understand, even even if you're English, never mind you're from the States. <laughs> he's just yeah. like, yeah, 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 you're right, fella. Yeah, he's, um, and, um, and Malcolm, the bus driver, one of the bus drivers, Malcolm was the one who got, like, he, he got, yeah, kicked in the head, ended up in hospital. Um, we, I mean, I, I look back on it now and I just think, how fucking stupid were we, you know? the police were following the tour because of what had happened and you were already in jail. And and we get involved in a huge fucking brawl. Yeah. You know? Yep. That Just... was a lot of fun, though, when you think about it. I can look back on it now and think, you know, that was quite an experience and I've got stories to tell. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm telling them on stage and charging... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, yes, we were really fucking stupid, but pretty cool story, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool story. Yeah, because there's going to be none... Cause I, there's, there's a whole lot of stories. I wish I could remember them all. It's been so long and so many stories. Well, the thing is... You things confused. Like, you one story mixed in with another. Yeah, yeah, the, the details get blurry and, yeah, people appear in stories that shouldn't be in there and shit like that. Um... Uh, and it, well, it, well, we you know we you know the, the the stories of like being on tour now are kind of like yeah the dressing room was really was really big and the food was really nice and you know <laughs> yeah party <laughs> um, whereas you know back in the day it was just like oh can't go in there oh why is that uh, the, you know well you know there's just lots of people on the floor what do you mean you don't go in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, what do you mean? There's lots of people on the floor and not many people wearing clothes. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. That was, those were the days, eh? Those were the days. Yes, good time. You're a, um, you're a bus driver now, yeah? Uh, yes, I drive a school bus. Right, that's really... Uh, so, uh, what, are you a proper driving the yellow school bus driver? 
Yes, I am. A big 72-passenger school bus. Awesome. So you are... You, yeah, well, so, I, I still can't believe that they let me drive a bus. They put me in charge of a bunch of kids, but they do. And are you are you the are you the cool school bus driver that they all like? Well, see, I live in kind of a, a rural area, and most of the kids don't really know, which I'm trying to change them on that. But a lot of them like country music and pop music and stuff, and they they don't really know too much about what I do. I mean, a few of them do. I get kids come up to us and say, "Is that you?" It's like, "Yeah, that's me," and you know, they're kind of impressed by it. But for for the most part, most of them don't really know too much about me. Yeah, which is fine. My history in my past, they would never listen to me. Yeah, my authority would be zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But it's still, uh, it's still really cool, though. Um, so what? Um, so what do you get up to when you're not like you know, if you're not playing bass? Have you got you got any other hobbies? Mm, God, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, know, uh, it's... I used to do a lot of woodworking and stuff like that back when I was living in LA, but now I no, not much. Shit, so I'm what... actually really busy playing bass. Uh, yeah, lately, last couple of years it's been really busy. I was doing the Viking thing for a while. Oh, of course. Did a couple little tours. Um, I've also got a brand new project that's going to be announced here pretty soon I think yeah with a okay I can't tell you the name of it I can't tell you what we're doing but I can tell you who's going to be in it alright got <laughs> because it because we actually don't have a name yet and it's still in its infancy stages but it's it's me it's Chris Canella of Autumn's End who just recently got signed to the new combat label Rob Dukes formerly of Exodus all formerly of Sacred Reich yeah Right. Well, this is coming. This is coming full circle because, funnily enough, one of my friends on um, uh, on the podcast Facebook page uh, tried to uh, tried to hook me up with Greg and said, "Look, Greg, you know, you need to you need to get and get onto you know, uh, you and Howard need to have a chat about Greg's new band." So there you go. It's all coming full yeah. circle. Yeah, I was just approached about this last week, and I and I said, yeah, I'd love to be a part of it. I mean, we've got some pretty heavy hitters there, so. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I tell you what, man, you've just, you know, so you, first of all, you get to play for years with Gene, and now you're going to get to play with Greg Hall. I mean. I know. And I'm just an average bass player, but I get to play with all these great guys, so it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> Well, you must have. I'm going to turn into Jasta for a minute. High tide rises all ships, you know. <laughs> I think if you're if you know you're playing with those dudes, you're like, right, shit. I need. I've got to up my game. I've got to be on point. Yeah, actually, that's very true. And it, I I love playing with all kinds of different people because it does exactly that. It helps you up your game. Yeah, well, that's why I've never been in a band other than Acid Rain. I don't want to fucking up my game for no one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, go with what's tried and true stay the course that's a, absolutely yeah absolutely somebody you know it was like somebody said the other day uh, I was asked um, who would you love to have uh, who would you love to work with and I said you know what I think out of anybody I would love to work with Ronnie Dio and then my voice is going to sound like shit 
next to Ronnie Dio's. Forget that. <laughs> it's like no, forget. Right, you guys would probably be about the same height too, wouldn't you? Absolutely, we could. I, we, we, oh man, it, it would have been so cool. But make hologram instead. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I heard his hologram's really small though. It's like three feet tall. <laughs> That's what I heard. It's really disproportionate to the rest of the band. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it did a tour over here, and um, it really fucking struggled. Um, yeah, Wendy Dio brought the to, brought it to the UK and a few dates in Europe, and um, it was playing a very kind of like middle of the road venue size wise, and um, yeah, I, I just people did. I just don't think people went for it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really get it. No, it's, I, I I understand. On one side, they want to introduce people to his legacy and able to see Ronnie James Dew who never got a chance to see him but I mean, it doesn't it, for lack of a better term it kind of looks like a cash grab but I don't know if that's what it is or not it's just I don't know I just think they should leave it alone that's yeah abs- absolutely I mean I think all of those reasons you you know that you mentioned there it's like oh you know they want to keep his you know want to keep his legacy alive well the musical do that um, oh, yeah. you know, it gives people a chance to see to see him who didn't get a chance. Well, you know what? Tough shit. I didn't get to see Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, you know? exactly. There's a fucking there's. You know, I could fill a book with bands I've never seen that I wanted to see. But uh, I, 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 you know, agree. And it, it just it just smacks a little bit as well for me of the that whole entitled generation. You know, I never got to see Ronnie Dio. Um, so now I'm going to go and see his hologram and you can't stop me. And it's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, you know, I, I just thought that if musicians died, you didn't get to go to see them live. Yeah. I'm kind of old school. That kind like of goes that. with dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if somebody it's, dies, it's game over. It, it, it is a bit of an all encompassing deal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Oh well, look, man. Look, it's been it's been really good to catch up. Um, I, I really appreciate yeah, you taking we need the time to stay in out. Touch more often. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, look, once um, once everything's announced with the, um, the uh, this project, um, um, I'll get you back on and let's talk some more. Yeah, actually, I had to even reach out and get permission to mention this in this podcast. I reached out this morning to say, "Hey, guys, can I can I talk about this?" And they said, "Yeah, sure, go for it." So. Oh wow! So that's, yeah. that's cool, man. Announcement should be made soon, but you're actually getting the first word on it. Well, thank you very much. I uh, wish my podcast wasn't monthly. That way, I could actually be ahead of the game. But it's gonna it'll be out at the end of the month, so um, uh, okay. everybody may know by then. But I really appreciate that, Gonz. That's really cool. Uh, thank you. Feel free to edit out any dumb things I may have said. You, you haven't said anything dumb, mate. Not at all. <laughs> this has been really cool. This has been really cool. And um, uh, and, and like I said, once once we've got some some meat on the bones of the um, uh, of the project, then uh, I'll you know I'll get you back on and we'll um, we'll talk some more and no doubt remember a few more stories as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. We will do that. Okay, mate. Well, look. Um, take care. It's always a pleasure. Have a good day, whatever you're doing. Have a nice weekend, man. And you have a nice evening. Go out and enjoy your Saturday night. <laughs> I will do. Well, you know what they say, Saturday night's all right for fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. I'm a little bit old for that now, though. I'll, maybe not. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, buddy. Have a good day. All right. Good talking to you. Talk you to too. You Cheers, man.
Bye bye. <laughs> oh god, good old Gonz, love him. And there you have my chat with Gonz. Um, and yeah, a world exclusive right here on the Bollocast on Talking Bollocks that Gonz is going to be playing bass, uh, and Eric from Dark Angel is going to be playing guitar in. Um, uh, I want to say, um, I want to say Greg Allman, um, Greg Hall's new band. So that sounds fucking awesome. So, um, I will do my best to get Greg Hall on here. Um, and, um, uh, and, um, as soon as the, the news is sort of more public and, um, and have a chat with him. We've got a few, um, well, I've got, I've got another, um, uh, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, friend in common uh, because of guns, but a few other. Uh, we've got a few other mutual friends as well. Not friend in common. F- mutual friends is the phrase I wanted to. My fucking brain is like a turd today. Um, but there you go. That's that's what I meant. So yeah, um, pretty awesome, huh? Pretty fucking awesome. Howard gets an exclusive. Howard gets an exclusive. Oh, yep, just getting a little bit, little bit fucking up my own ass there. Um, but um, I, look, I, 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 well, I hope everybody else is looking forward to that as much as I am because um, that sounds fucking awesome. That really does. So um, it was great to catch up with Gons. I hope the uh, the audio quality was okay um, and it wasn't too quiet for you. Um, and uh, and we're kind of now I'm kind of now wind, winding down towards the end of the podcast. Uh, one thing I've been meaning for weeks to mention. It's not on broadcast anymore, and if you can find it on catch-up on any channels or anything, it's really worth digging out Mike Judge Presents Country Stars, okay? Mike Judge, who created King of the Hill and, of course, Beavis and Butthead, it's an animated um, series where he interviews um, outlaw country um stars of the past about their lives and the animation is brilliant it's in, and it's really funny and um but the the some of the life stories are absolutely i've watched the whole thing i just binged on it some of the life stories are incredible i mean these you know they, they make metal musicians and what you know their shenanigans look like fucking nothing I mean, and, and also the drug taking for that matter i mean these guys did not fuck about it's very, very cool. It's got nothing to do with metal. It's got plenty to do with music, though. Um, and it's just absolutely superb. So I can thoroughly, thoroughly recommend um, uh, tuning in to that. Oh, I do look. A bit, I do like a bit of tuning in, don't I, eh? I do like a little bit of tuning in. Um, as always, um, it's, it's a pleasure to be in your... Uh, it's a pleasure to be in your ears. Um, I'm just actually... Um, uh, I just want to do one final check so I'm as up to date as I can be um, on the uh, on the Vinnie Paul situation. Um, other than no, he just he 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 died in his sleep. That's it. That's all we know at the moment. Um, there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a um, uh, an inquest. Uh, not well, not an inquest. There'll be there'll be a post mortem, and then we'll find out um, exactly what's going on. Um, but I just wanted to be as up to date uh, and on the minute as I, as I could be for that. For those of you that are listening to this, when it comes out, I mean, it's God knows, you know, God knows whenever, you know, when anything like that is um, uh, is going to when the news is finally going to come out. Um, and God knows when you're going to be listening to this. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's every everybody has has been coming out. I mean, everyone has been coming out and um uh, and and saying really cool things about Vinnie Paul. So um, you know, I, although I have seen 
something from somebody who said, I've got absolutely nothing nice to say about him, so I'll keep my mouth shut. And funnily enough, I saw that on Facebook and I thought, that's a, r- a random post. And I clicked one of the comments and somebody put taken way too soon. And I thought, oh, shit, no, because this is how you find out news now these days, isn't it? These days, I sound like such an old cunt. But this is, uh, this is you know, the world we live in. And you, you, you see something on Facebook and go, oh, fuck me. No, surely not. That can't be true. So I went straight to Blabbermouth. And of course, it was true, which is, um, which again, is such a shame. But also, yeah, I, you know, that's... That's how we find out news these days. I'm sure um, uh, I, I've, I've seen, you know, family members finding out stuff about other, uh, you know, about what's happened in their family on Facebook from someone else and all the rest. It's just utterly bizarre. Hey, anyway, a uh, bit of a tangent there, but hey, that is what it's all about. Um, OK, right. I'm now going to do what is called some uh, some promotion. There is going to be a couple of specials. There are a couple of specials in the work. Uh, in the work, in the works. Um, in the next couple of days, I am going to be chatting with Ian Glasper. Um, he is the man that put Contract in Blood together, which is the book. The, uh, the the book here it is. Hang on, here we go. That's the book there. The book, which is the history of UK thrash metal. Nice big fat chapter on acid rain. Um, there is also the Contract in Blood um, uh, CD, which um, is, which is a box set. I have two copies. Here is, a, and, and they're awesome. Each CD uh, comes in a, its own cardboard case, and there's a big 42-page booklet in there. I mean, it's five discs of UK thrash from like just fucking everybody, and basically a load of bands I haven't heard as well. Um, it's a really, really, really impressive package. Um, I have a, a copy of um, a sealed, brand new copy of Contract in Blood, the, um, uh, the the compilation to give away. So I'm going to preview that by saying I am going to be giving that away. I'm going to be giving that away as soon as you listen to this. Now, this does go up. This does go up um, early on Patreon. So um, uh, it, I, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to I'm not going to judge the winner until this goes obviously until this goes out to the public and everything. And basically, you can get me at ha- Howard at AllAboutTheRock.co.uk. That is my email address for the podcast. Howard at AllAboutTheRock.co.uk. Um, and I've also got a uh, also Twitter at Talking Bollocks. That's Talking Bollocks with a, a Z on the end instead of an S. And there's also the Facebook page, Talking Bollocks. Now, basically, um, can you message me on Facebook, tweet me on Twitter or email me and tell me why you should have um, this awesome CD box set? The best reason, the person with the best reason, I will post it straight out to you. It is brand new. It is sealed and it is yours to own. Um, uh, all you need to do is contact me and tell me what what is the best reason that you can think of that you should have it above anyone else. And please don't make it, you know, really fucking daft. Okay, um, give me some, give me some, give me some love here. Tell me, tell me genuinely why it is that you should have that, and uh, I will announce the winner on next month's podcast. Um, so there's another special in the works, and that is I'm doing a retirement special. On Slayer, um, I so far have um, I've already got Slayer biographer uh, Joel McIver. Um, that interview's in the can. I've got Andrew O'Neill, heavy metal comedian. That's in the can. 
And I also have Malcolm Dome. That is in the can. By the way, all of those did extra uh, extra stuff for the uh, for the um, Patreon extra podcast as well. So it really is worth signing up. Sorry, I had to say that. Um, and I'm just waiting on dates with uh, Xavier Russell, um, who's one of the first people to get to really catch on to Slayer and think that they weren't a joke and they were going to be huge um, and it's funnily enough you, you, you'll hear that I interviewed Malcolm and Malcolm said you should speak to Xavier so I'm, I'm trying to get him down he sent me an email back saying yes let's talk we're just trying to find a date so and uh, as soon as that is as soon as that is, that interview's done I'll get that special out um, so there's, good, there's lots of stuff coming your way and um, you know I'm, I'm working my nuts off here I'm trying to get as much done as possible it'd be great if you could um, if you could sign up at Patreon patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith I would really appreciate it. But look, I appreciate you all. You don't you don't have to be um a Patreon subscriber to be uh to be a value to this podcast. Every single one of you is. Please, please, please share this, get people into um uh into talking bollocks. I really would appreciate it. I am also working on a um uh, not on a live Talking Bollocks show, but on, on all my spoken word shows, like, you know, Tales from Thrash History. Um, I'm working on a London date at the moment. As soon as I have more information that, uh, for that, I will let you know. For those of you in London, it's the same show that I did in uh, Burnley last year. It's the same show I did in Glasgow uh, in April uh, as the pre-show to Lords of the Land. And I will be bringing that to London, hopefully. Um, I'm just waiting to hear back from the promoter. So um, lots going on. We're, and thank you so much for your support. I really do love being in your ears. I love being in your ears every month. Hope you like it too. And wherever you are, sat at your desk, on the bus, um, driving down the road, in the gym, in the gym. Are you in the gym? Run faster, you fucking lazy cunt. Fucking work harder. Lift those weights. Do more reps. Spend half an hour longer in the gym than you were going to. Do it. If you're out running, do an extra mile. Do it for talking bollocks. Do it for me, but more importantly, do it for the children. The kids. They are the future. Um, Anyway, let's finish with a typical bit of random shit, eh? Um, uh, Look, I, I I, I love doing this. Um, and I really appreciate all of your time and all of your support. And now I'm going to finish with a thong, because that's the way you always finish, isn't it? Um, and on the theme of contracting blood and the um, uh, the the UK thrash special and all of you sending me your... Here is some brand new music from some thrash metal legends, okay? So... It's been great. It's been wonderful. I'll speak to you next month. There'll probably be a special out before next month, but I'm really... There's so much in the pipeline here, folks. Get on board. It's happening. It, it, we're gonna, this year is going to be better than ever, hey? Making, making talking bollocks great again. Fuck you, Trump. I am the man. So anyway, here it is. This is the new single from... This is a new single from UK thrash legends, Satan. This is the Doomsday Clock.
Say,